The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Locked in to the latest edition of the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RollTheFanatic.com. Check out Phil Goyette's latest Climbing the Rookie Ladder Hitters Edition. Phil's got you covered on all the prospects who are on the rise and on the downswing. All at RollTheFanatic.com. It's episode 106. On today's show, it's real simple. We're talking fantasy baseball with one of our favorite guests of all time. He's making his third appearance on the show, which puts him in elite company along with Sarah Sanchez. You love him because he's got a nice little tidy beard and he always speaks his mind. But more than that, he really cares about helping people, even if he doesn't want any credit. Time to give it up for the man of the hour, Justin Mason. Join your host Christopher Deary and Michael Bovier as they try to help Justin get through day two of no smoking. It's not going to be easy, but we have fantasy baseball to discuss. Name that runner-up Fabid. Justin's going to get involved in that. We'll talk about Wander Franco's debut. What about innings pitched limitations? Are you worried? We're going to cover all of that, plus fantasy doppelgangers. What is it? You got to listen to find out. The Plaza Podcast always has you covered, because when shit gets weird, there's one thing that you can rely on. Two L's and two Z's. Take it away, boy! Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Michael Govier, Christopher Deary, and today's special guest, Justin Mason. What up, though, buddy? Not much. How you doing? 
you know, we just actually we already asked each other how we're doing before we came on the air. <laughs> so it was really an obligatory how you're doing for the rest of the audience. But yes, we're uh, we admitted we were pretty busy and a lot was happening and we hadn't talked much since the season began. We wanted to get just I wanted to definitely get Justin back on because uh, I missed him and it, the season will probably be over the next time we have a chance to talk about it again. So. I know. I mean, this season is going really fast. I don't know if it's a, the fact that we had a 60-game season last year and we're already over 60 games at this point, uh, or if it's just uh, we missed baseball. So, But it just feels like it's it's moving a lot faster than it traditionally is and that it's going to be over a lot sooner, which I will be bummed about unless I win a bunch of money. It's because we're old and time just goes quicker now. Time! Thanks yeah, yeah. for that one, Chris. That's lovely, Chris. What a beautiful sentiment. Uh, time does fly by on the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Don't forget, two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two. The live stream is now available live. You can talk to us in the comments section. Drop a comment, and we'll talk about it. Whatever you want, however you want it. This is the Palazzo Podcast. We aim to please you. Don't forget, we're presented by rotofanatic.com. Rotofanatic.com has great people doing great shit. In fact, Phil Goyette's updated rookie ladder for hitters is officially out. So go to rotofanatic.com and check that out. Big bumps from Mountcastle and I think some drops from some other prospects. I only remember Mountcastle from the headline, so I'm going to be honest there. But I'm, I'm sure he's covering all the big... Ba- oh, Adolis Garcia. <laughs> what a shock. Finally Justin. happened. <laughs> yeah, see, dearie? I'm sure, Justin... I haven't had a chance, like I said, to talk to Justin much, but I'm sure you were predicting the demise of Adolis Garcia at some point. I mean, yeah... You just can't swing and miss that much and continue to do what he was doing. I mean, I think he will still show power. I think he can still steal bases. Uh, but he's uh, very much like uh, Carlos Gomez was when he was in the majors, which was a guy when when he's running hot, he's one of the best teams or one of the best players in the league. And that's why he was a first round pick in some years. And then then when he's not making contact, he's not usable. And that's why he burnt out of the league. See exactly what we've been saying, right, dearie? You can't live with a thirty percent K rate. I mean, you you can live with thirty percent K rate in today's Major League Baseball. Um, you got to do other things. Adolis doesn't do other things. Yeah, well, he's a good fielder. He's, I mean, not fantasy wise, but as a actual baseball player, he's been pretty solid as a defender. But and I, and I mean, being on Texas is like best case scenario for someone like him because they've got no reason not to just run him out there. So. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. That's the big difference here. When you have a shit team and you're worried about losing playing time, you don't have to sweat it when your team sucks. So, Yay! especially especially with a trade deadline approaching, you know, guys who might be in uh, playing time crunches in places like Detroit or Arizona or Texas, those playing time crunches, even Miami, you know, for like Jesus Sanchez, like those playing time crunches are going to lessen as guys get traded off those teams. Yep, yep, yep. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. Well, that's enough of Dallas Garcia talk for one show. Today's episode, we're going to talk about the catch of the day. It's obvious. I mean, it was on the cover. Wander Franco has arrived. The big moment is here. Woohoo! Yay! Uh, I'm sure everyone's coming in their pants and already blew their load last night. It's kind of old news now. Is he uh, on the bench tonight or did he start again? Anybody got an update? Give me a Wander Franco update right now. He played. I did they're playing right cool? now. Uh, I don't believe so. I'm uh, pretty sure we'd have seen it all over Twitter uh, had he done something. So Boring. No I, more fun. Clearly, he's a bust at this point. I mean, he's already <laughs> fallen apart in the second game of his career. He's 0 for 2. <laughs> Drop him. Yeah, see? 
had to close out sometime, Kev. But yeah, so Wander Franco Mania is here. We're going to talk about that. We will talk about the innings pitch clock. It's a strategy session. You know, are there concerns, limitations? Guys like Tarek Scoob, Carlos Rodon, are these guys going to be here for you in August? Uh, return to the max with players that are on the mend coming up soon, getting the call. Uh, we're going to pop in Inquisition. We've done Enrico's Inquisition with Justin, so we kind of know him, but I do want to have a chat. So it's still a part of our rotation. And the doppelgangers, players with similar stat cast or data profiles overall, but diff different results. So you got two players or one player. One is doing great, but another player has a very similar profile stat-wise, but they're not getting the same results. So we're going to see if we can find some of those. And, of course, name that runner-up Fabid, everybody's favorite game. Justin, you're going to love this game. It's a lot of fun. It's really not complicated. Name that runner-up Fabid. I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, like I said, you guys could drop your comments in here. Derek Schaefer says, Wander's 0 for 2. Thanks for the update. Appreciate that, Derek. What's up, buddy? Joe Gentile. Joe. God, I love Joe. Joe's great. Joe is one of the finest human beings that I've had the pleasure of meeting over the last year. You know, Justin excluded, of course. And <laughs> he says that Chaz McCormick with another bomb, currently on a 31 home run pace. Thoughts? <laughs> How long until he wins MVP? Uh, I did I try mean, to pick him up in my main event this week, and I lost out on the bid. I will say that. He needs to find playing time. Is he going to, like, take over for Miles Straw? Because Miles Straw has been on a heater, too, recently. So, um, I don't know. I, I think it's hard. He needs someone to get injured is what happens. You know, he needs Jordan or Brantley to go down. Uh, I know Brantley got pinch hit for early in the game earlier in the game tonight. So, I don't know if that mm. was injury-related or not. But He's been on a tear. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, it's hard when you're on a team like the Astros, it's hard to find playing time because there's just so much talent. So he needs an opening somewhere. He damn right about that. I think Michael Brantley's hitting like 500 over the last month. It's insane. He's yeah, just 520 over the last week. I think they may have pulled him tonight because they were up 13 nothing. Give him a little bit of rest after he got back from the DL because he's been raking here the last two weeks. Yeah, it's well deserved. But yeah, that's a good point. Chaz McCormick is a fun bat and he's. Making shit happen. Plus, he has that great photo. A classic profile picture of him looking like he just, I don't know, started his first year of college. <laughs> and he's not cool at all. Not cool at all. But uh, nerds are cool in my world, in our world. So it's not a negative connotation, in my opinion. Anyway, right. Justin, I mean, of course, tell people what, you know, they need to know. People want to connect with you. I mean, I've, I don't know how the world works or how people absorb this stuff. You really don't. But maybe there's somebody out there who's never heard of you and doesn't know that you're a big part of the sleeper in the bust and friends with fantasy benefits. So, you know, share the world, share with the world. Yeah, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, I've got Facebook, YouTube, all sorts of the social. I even have TikTok now. Um, you're going into TikTok? I, I've had a TikTok for like a year. I have one video of me getting out of the pool in my Justin Mason <laughs> oh, swimsuit. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the only that's video, it. but I'm I'm on there. I believe Damn! I have. I believe I have a Snapchat as well. I don't use it. I've actually deleted <laughs> that account. I believe I have. Is one. Snapchat still around? Uh, I don't know. Matt Thompson used to send me the weirdest, like random snaps, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just done with this. Um, so <laughs> they it's uh, a relic now. Yeah, it'll be exactly. cool in like, like a, five. It'll be cool again in like five years. Yeah, but like sure. TikTok just destroyed Snapchat. I don't hear about Snapchat at all. But I'm not. I'm old too, so I'm not allowed to be. Cool yeah, yet. I don't. I don't know what the kids do anymore. So, but uh, uh, yeah, you could read my stuff. Most of it's on Fangrass, but uh, obviously, I co-own Friends of Fantasy Benefits and write over there and do the podcast there, uh, and also do the podcast TGFBI as well as Sleeper on the Bus. So, uh, yeah, 
I'm, I'm around. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith. That's him. That's Justin. <laughs> I am a man of faith as well. That's true. So remember, I thought that was going to be the, and there's a deep drive to left field home run, but that was the wrong button. Oh, well, shit happens when you're producing <laughs> you on the fly. Like, I tried to update it. I'm trying to get some new ones mixed in there. Bottom line is Justin's the best. Uh, Justin, when are you going to make the switch or how are you focusing? Because you do football as well. So how does that fit into your time schedule here with baseball being so important and certainly a f- the focus for you? But we're in almost July. Training camps will be starting up next month. Uh, how does it look for you? I'm not doing football this year. I just, wow. I, um, you're not, there I'm it is. Not. I, uh, I made the decision in 2020 not to do football because I oh, did really? not, I did not think there would be a season. There were so many issues with COVID in the baseball season and football. Yeah. You've got guys lining up. You literally before the play huddle around each other. And then you've got guys who are facing right in front of each other on the offensive defensive line. And then people are tackling, but like, I didn't think there was any way they were going to make it through the season. So I went, I'm not covering football because I don't want to spend you know, all summer, all fall, all winter doing work and then find out that they're not going to make it through. I was wrong, uh, thankfully, because I enjoy (laughs) football. Uh, But I've decided that uh, my life is super, super busy right now. And baseball is, you know, for most analysts in the industry, where they make their money is football. Uh, I am blessed to make my money doing baseball. And so... um, uh, this year, I'm I'm not going to cover football. I'll play. Um, I do my own research for myself uh, and for my wife, apparently, because she needs me to help her with a draft on Saturday. Uh, but other <laughs> than that, um, yeah, I'm not covering football this year. I anticipate I will get back to it next year. But, uh, you know, I've got a lot of things going on in, in baseball, and I've got other things in the works as well. So I need to kind of focus my uh, time and effort there. Plus, I have a family, you know. It's... They, they need a little bit of time. I have to cut out, you know, 5% of my life to, you know, go towards Danielle and the kids. You think you're going to get the itch come November? Uh, I mean, the At least itch, you'll still like, be, you'll still be playing. So. I'll be playing like, but like, no, I will not get the itch to have given content out. Like it takes a lot. I mean, I applaud the guys that do two or three or four sports it takes yeah. a lot of work, especially with the overlap. The overlap is killer. Um, Guys like but, Welsh and uh, yeah, yeah, Scott, yes, Scott and and Chris uh, from ITL, Vlad Sedler, a uh, fantasy guru. Like, there's a lot. You know, almost anybody who's on Sirius like covers both football and baseball. Um, but like, it's it's a drain, and for me, baseball never ends. Like, I know a lot of people take breaks during the playoffs from writing. Um, or podcasting, or in November and December, um, I'm writing the entire way through. I'm writing daily all the way through October, November, December. It's actually some of my busiest time because I'm preparing a draft guide. Uh, I'm doing That's all true. the prep for my, you know, and I start my prep in August. Like next month, or well, a month and a half from now, I will start my prep for the 2022 season of baseball. So I'm I'm okay taking football off this year. Amazing. Well, that's great. I thought we had a conversation like you started doing Fantasy Alarm again. Maybe maybe that was a memory. I was, doing, I I was doing DFS content for Fantasy Alarm for baseball this year, and it probably would have done football content for them as well. But I made a decision recently um, that, that you know f- I had a lot of family stuff going on, and I was just – I was spread thin. Like I – you know, I, I started a new job last year where I'm no longer working overnights, and therefore I could sleep more than two or three hours a day. 
you start to notice it, right? You start to notice, like, mm -hmm. I don't think I can do this properly. You want to keep a certain level. Mm -hmm. And and I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't sleeping. I was still, I was working during the day and still only sleeping two or three hours a day uh, to get Monsters! all my content in. Monsters! And, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I love Fantasy Alarm. It's a fantastic organization. I highly recommend you subscribe over there. Uh, they do lifetime subscriptions, which are like, you know, more money up front, but then you never have to pay again and you're a subscriber for life. It's a great organization. Um, but I, I had to take a step back and, and kind of focus on the things that were a little bit more controllable for me. Totally understood. And I'm with you there. And I like that. That's why I love Justin, because he keeps it real and he'll tell you exactly why he's doing the things he does. If you want genuine authenticity, Justin Mason's the guy, right, dearie? Oh, absolutely. I applaud him taking a step back, give some time to Danielle and the kids, and you got to get ready for 2022 already. Yeah, yep. it's almost time. <laughs> this is Justin Mason in the fantasy football world. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by, struck him out. <laughs> ah, that's too bad. But hey, you know, there's other things in life. I think about that a lot. I love music. Uh, I really like giving my time to other things. And I'm like, do I want to get involved in fantasy football? Because, you know, the Scott Fish Bowl is a big deal. It's a really cool thing that he does and you technically need to have some type of either win a satellite league kind of like tgfbi right and i don't technically do a fantasy football analysis for anybody but i've played for 20 years i have the experience so at the same time i do find baseball would end in going away for a while like kind of taking a break sounds really nice not because i don't like baseball or i don't want to do the best to my ability it's just a matter of like Hey, I want to get away and kind of break away and enjoy other things in the world. There's nature and shit out there, believe it or not. And I do enjoy those things. I know. I know it sounds weird. I, I, uh, this is, I've never seen the this nature that you're talking about. Is this a French word? <laughs> it's very complicated. Uh, they speak a different language out there. Trust me. You but, go outside, uh, Mike? You've been going outside? I haven't. You get some vitamin uh, D in you? I'm getting a lot of, you know, I started playing softball, like I said, oh, three weeks right. ago. I, saw, I saw the video of you throwing the ball around. <laughs> I did do that. That really yeah. happened. That was uh, at the request of uh, Ed Gillis, by the way. Shout out to Ed. Hope he's doing well. But he wanted verification and proof. So I just did, go outside over here and throw it ball. Did, did Pitching Ninja break down your mechanics? <laughs> I, am not, I don't even have 2,000 followers, man. I'm not that cool yet. I think okay. I got to get a little bit bigger. Unlike you, who has cracked the 10,000. Power barrier. What a moment, dude. Good for you. You earned it. You deserve it. I wonder if you feel like I do. Like, you don't really give a shit but you do recognize the power that comes with it. How does that sound to you? The power that comes with having... I don't mean power like control. I mean like oh. the opportunity. You are now... when you have If there's 10,000 people that are real and they're not bots, you have access and your words can speak to more people and you can connect with people on a greater level. It's a wider I, net. I assume they're mostly bots. I mean... <laughs> uh, I, you know, went, went Lisa Ann, who covers fantasy sports now, a uh, former adult film star. Um, or what? I, think, I believe current adult film star. You don't know this, Gary? Um, yeah, she's yes. been, she switched out of porn and went into the fantasy football for like yeah. a while ago. Yeah, yeah that is so, fucking awesome. She, she started following me a few years back. And no joke, the day she followed me, I got 500 new followers. Yep. There it is. Um, and they were, all, they were all porn bots. That's all it was. They just, <laughs> they just went, oh, Lisa Ann's following him. He must be in porn, which I'm not. Um, and all of a sudden, I started getting a bunch of porn bots following me. So I assume that's, I assume like a good 70% 
of the people that follow me are, are just porn bots. Well, Justin, they saw you in the onesie and they got real excited. This is a new up and comer in the industry. I, I've oh, been I talking know. about doing an OnlyFans. Like, you know, it's it's I'll not. pay for it. Yeah. I mean, I know I would. <laughs> Only if you talk fancy baseball. <laughs> All right, let's do some housekeeping. Of course, we're going to talk about the right and right panic of 2021. Does that make sense? No. The right and right panic of 2021. It's hard to decipher what you're saying. Shit. Unbelievable. Too much reverb. One more time. I know what you're saying. The right and right panic of 2021. Spin rate panic. Yeah, oh, spin rate panic. Okay. I was trying I, to I, do it in an old timey voice. I, I heard panic of 2021, and I was like, are we talking about Joe Panic? Like, <laughs> The great Joe Panic of 2013 was pretty good that year. Joe Panic of 2021. He's still playing in Toronto. He's one of those guys I think about and I just start losing interest in what's happening as soon as I think of him. He's one of those boring, you know, the guys over what the ITL, they mastered it with the Jags. He's one of those guys, but it's even less than that. Like they take the fun out of it. I see a certain player and I'm like, oh God, I just, not interested. (laughs) Doesn't get me excited at all. No offense to Joe Panic, but. They're out there. All right. So, like I said, uh, the panic switch. 2013 MLB DFS cash game lock. <laughs> Old school. Thank you, Brock. By the way, Brock will be on the show next week. So if you like Brock, please follow Brock. He's a great dude. He knows a lot about life. And uh, he's kind of part of our crew, Justin. I learned that recently. So uh, Brock is a great dude. I got to meet him at First Pitch Arizona a couple years ago. Uh, oh. ju- just a really, really great. He, he drove there randomly. With his girlfriend, he he didn't originally wasn't going to go, and then just like randomly drove there uh, and showed up, and I was like, "Hey, it's amazing to meet you." And he's he's a really good dude. You should be following him. That's like something you would have done, or you did. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what I did for Tout Wars years back, and I think it's probably the only reason I got into Tout Wars. Amazing. Hey, that's why Justin rules. See, no shame, guys. There's no dignity. There's no pride here. Just go and go and do your thing and show yourself, sell yourself. Good things can happen. All right, so let's talk about uh, Mr. Belvedere and the housekeeping. When I first moved here, I blew Mr. Belvedere. No, that's not it. (laughs) There we go. We want to say uh, thank you to everybody. We're still welcoming those trophy ideas. Justin, any ideas for our Palazzo Podcast Invitational Trophy? And by the way, Justin, I want this to be clear. I use the term invitational inadvertently without realizing that technically the TGFBI is called the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. (laughs) But I was actually thinking of like, I was watching Happy Gilmore at the time, and he's going to all these golfer tournaments, like something, something invitational. And that's what I was actually thinking of when I popped that into my head. So I don't want you to think like we're trying to steal your thunder. I I never even thought about it. I never even thought about the coincidence. So that's even better. Um, Great. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, (laughs) I mean, obviously it should just be a bust of Enrico Palazzo, right? That's not. Hmm. I, I, I mean, like that, that that seems like the appropriate answer. What do you think, Deary? A bust of Enrico? Yeah. I mean, I'm down with it. I mean, I don't know who's gonna mel- uh, like who's gonna make that for us. Like, can our trophy guy do that? I mean, he's your trophy <laughs> guy. So. I, I'm an idea guy. I'm not a put into action kind of guy. <laughs> we'll just put a picture. You win a free copy of the VHS of Naked Gun. Oh, now we're talking. These are good ideas. This is the kind of creativity we want from you guys. So please hook us up. Make it happen. Plaza Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Plaza Podcast. Two L's, two Z's, of course. On 
Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Give us an idea and we'll do it. But we still need an idea and it's already late June now. Clock is actually really starting to tick a lot. So please give us something good. I like the I think bust we got idea. two weeks and then we got to finalize it. Is that the case? All right. Well, there's the reality. I think, so. uh, I think me and Deary are still total disasters in our own event. Just so you know, Justin, we've been um, complete <laughs> failures. Yeah. An embarrassment's fair. I mean, Deary's Lessons been... learned. <laughs> I have one guy who... Can... I've said this before on the show. I have one guy who can get me saves. It's a draft and hold, right? So do or die with the 50 players you got. And it's Lucas Sims. He's the only guy who can actually get me saves. So there's no way I can win the overall. And in my league, I'm still not... You know, really getting close to making any headway because I drafted Alberto Mondesi with my second pick. Yay! Look at me, the moron. Woohoo! So that that hasn't gone well, but you know the the master is Richard Sands. He is dominating, and we continue to look up at him in the standings. So good on you, Richard. Richard's a good player. Do. Yeah, dude. I, I, oh hell yeah! I'm playing in a few leagues with him this year. He's a very good player. It's very clear that like he was asking me for advice in the offseason, but clearly he knows exactly what he's doing. He just wanted to bounce off his own ideas to verify he wasn't insane. He stole all your good ideas, Mike. And then as soon as you gave them away to him, you had no more good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to blame him. Oh, shit, I'm up to 38th overall. That's not bad. That's a nice push for me, Deary. Yay! Woohoo! Middle of the pack. Deary's still at 55th, and Shut unfortunately... Up. Favorite, one of our favorite guests on the show, Steve Paolo. Is he still 60? Dead. (laughs) That's sad. I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, But (laughs) keep sending in your trophy ideas. We want to say thank you to our new followers, of course. Uh, Seabass. Is that a reference? I don't know you, Seabass, personally, but we welcome you following us on our Twitter account, 2Ls2Zs, at See, he's at, oh, it's at 58685. He spells Seabass in one of those weird ways like Matt Williams does with his Twitter handle. Nice to have you. He's a Lightning fan and a Rays fan and a Bucks fan and a Badgers fan and a Brewers fan. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it all sounds very cool. Thanks for following us. And Odor's Haymaker. This is a sweet handle. Odor's Haymaker, <laughs> Haymaker. is a badass handle. Of course, in reference to the classic showdown between Odor, Rubenet Odor, and Jose Bautista. That was a classic, of course. And, uh, yeah, that's it for now. So we'll move on from that. We love you guys. Thank you for following us. You make our day. Yay! Woohoo! Yippee! Yeah! And uh, one other thing I wanted to share. I've been doing my uh, Govier's Guys thing. It's just a dumb thing I was doing last summer in the videos that I did every day, like five days a week with the Quality Start videos. It's alliteration. Both start with the letter G, so it's really easy to just put together a tweet every day at the end of the night of as many players as will fit in the character limit of the tweet. Well, one tweet only, not multiple tweets. So check that out if you're looking to find out who's doing what. And any given day, it could be anybody. Last night, Wander Franco was on that list. Tonight, he might not be on that list. It all depends who's kicking butt. So thanks for that. All right. So having said all that, Brian K. Rocho says, great ideas just can't implement it. Oh, he's like Brian. He's like you, <laughs> Justin. Alone. So let's get into leading off. obvious wander franco's here we have to pay tribute to it this is not uh what do they call it hot take stuff or trying to be clicky this is not clickbaity it's just this, we've been waiting for this a long ass time so i want to give the moment it's fair due and we haven't been on the air since sunday so wander franco's here he hit a home run off eduardo rodriguez of the boston red sox last night he's wearing number five as a tribute to albert pujols very very cool justin mason 
guest extraordinaire. What else can be said right now about Wander Franco that hasn't been said? I mean, the upside's immense. I And I think he's going to be a very, very good player. Uh, I have in the past comped him to DJ LeMahieu um, as a guy who could be a perennial uh, batting title champion type contender. Uh, he's got speed. He's got power. It'll be interesting to see how the power does play at the major league level. It played really, really well last night. And even since we've been talking, he's gotten a hit. So he's now one for three with two walks uh, in that game. So, um, you know, there are some little bit of questions about the power. He had some launch angle issues last year at the alt site. He seems to have fixed them in the minors this year. Uh, and he was tearing the cover off the ball. Um, I think that there may be some ups and downs early, but I think he's a pretty safe prospect and, um, at worst, he's going to be a guy who's probably like a fifth or fourth round pick next year, and he could be a first round pick next year. So, um, you know, kudos to those of you who uh, rostered him at the beginning of the season and held on to him all throughout the season. As Especially the only- through all the fucking injuries. That's amazing yeah. if you were able to pull that off. He was not available in a single one of my leagues, and I'm in 29 leagues. Like so, like that tells you exactly. Like he, no one was letting him go uh, this year, so like you weren't able to get him off Fab. So those of you who held on to him, congratulations! I hope it's fantastic for you. He's a fun young player. Uh, I didn't know this. My wife told me this. Do you know that he's got two brothers named Wander Franco? <laughs> I did not this. know. I did <laughs> not are, know that. No, that are both in minor league baseball. Correct. I heard so. I, I saw some came across something on Twitter where somebody picked up the wrong Wander Franco. Yep. There, there's one in the Giants organization, and then I believe one in the Astros organization. Um, neither of them have made it to the majors. Probably neither of them will make it to the majors. His father is actually named Wander Franco as well, um, and he is the nephew of the Ibar brothers, Eric uh, and Willie oh. Ibar. Who was in? I did not know any of this until my wife told me earlier today. So shout out to Danielle. Yeah. Right. So we get like a George Foreman deal where they're all called Wander Franco. Yeah, this is. I mean, I guess the thing they all have different middle names, but yeah. they're all Wander Franco. <laughs> That's funny, but I have heard that Wander, you know, he might not be so good at softball. I've heard that. You're a lousy fucking softball player. I've heard that, but I don't know. I mean, he's great at hardball, so that's all really matters. Uh, I wonder if somebody calls somebody Wander and they're in the same room and they all look. That's so fascinating. It's so fun. <laughs> Deary, Byron Buxton got hurt again this week, Deary, and he's bye-bye. Uh, a new one. Buxton always reveals the most rare and fascinating injury titles that there ever was. Uh, a boxer's fracture, I believe, is what this one is. Yeah, I heard that yeah. yesterday. A boxer's yeah. fracture. Uh, any chance Wander Franco ends up like Byron Buxton? Oh, geez, that's really interesting. I don't know. I mean, it took Buxton a while. How old was Buxton when he came up? I mean, Wander's only 20 years old. I want to say he was 21. I'll have to look it's it up. 21. But that's off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, the big difference is Buxton immediately was having issues striking out, and he had the same issue in the minors. Franco did not have that issue in the minors. The interesting part for me is going to be, let's say he gets off to kind of the same start that Jared Kelnick came off to. It was like four for 40 does he end up getting dropped in some of these redraft leagues? I mean, we're midway through the season. Playoffs are going to be about eight, nine weeks away. Mm-hmm. Are people going to be dropping him in redrafts? I drafted him in a redraft. Uh, I'm really, really glad I held on to him. I did everything I could to try to get him in my dynasty, 
but it just wasn't working out. Couldn't couldn't go ahead and make that deal to get him. Uh, I think there's immediate impact right now, but I'm really interested to see if he does go through these struggles after the first month, month and a half, if he ends up being droppable in redraft leagues. Wanda Franco is he's so much fun. It's so exciting. I have no shares. I get I don't get to participate at all right now. So I, I'll watch from afar and enjoy Wander's wonderful ride. What about you, Justin? Uh, Byron Buxton was everything. He was the guy. He mean the classic prototype prospect. King of Kings could do it all. Basically similar to Wander. Obviously, Wander is a little more thick. They don't have the exact body type. Uh, do you think he'll end up like Byron Buxton? Or is that just a ridiculous question? Why would I dare ask that? I think it is a little bit of a ridiculous question. I mean, I, I mean, Buxton has been a pretty good player when he's healthy. The problem is Byron Buxton cannot stay healthy. And some of it's been his fault. You know, he plays all out, plays great center field defense, runs into walls, you know, hurts himself, diving for catches. And then some of it's been super just unlucky. You know, this boxer, you know, injury, which for those who don't know, is a, a, a crack in your fifth metacarpal. So in your pinky right here, right there, that bone right there, um, he's going to be out at least three to six weeks. That's typically how long you have to be casted for. So, you know, probably playing for closer to eight weeks uh, with him. Um, no, I do. I, th I think that Wander Franco has uh, a very um, unique and elite hit tool. Uh, and I think it would be very, very surprising to see him uh, struggle in the way that Byron Buxton has struggled. One, because he doesn't have injury history like Byron Buxton. Um, and two, he's just got a better, he's just a better overall hitter. Uh, than Buxton. Maybe he doesn't show the kind of power that Buxton has shown this year, um, but I think he's just a better hitter. Uh, though, I mean, we've seen prospects who were number one prospects in all of baseball fail, right? Brandon Wood. Um, I think people forget Aaron Hicks was the Byron Buxton on the Twins before Byron Buxton. Um, and so, I mean, baseball is a tough game, and people who we think what? are going to be amazing end up not being amazing and then guys we didn't think would be any good end up being amazing so um like i think it's uh it's sometimes it's a little bit of crapshoot but from what we've seen from wander franco is that he should be uh at worst a pretty darn good major league regular especially because his defense is so good um for the next 10 to 15 years um i, I don't think he will be a bust at all Whatever, motherfucker! <laughs> I agree. I don't, I mean, Byron Buxton's a unique, rare case, and he's not a standard issue experience for most baseball players out there. It's been a tough go, but there's still a world where Byron Buxton still has a great career in his 30s. <laughs> we'll see if that I, he's, only, he's only 27 years old. Well, and you have to remember, too, like Evan Longoria was injury prone, quote unquote, early on in his career, and then became one of the more durable players until the last year. Like, I mean, or last year or two. So, like, I think while we give players an inj injury-prone tags, and sometimes they never shake it because they aren't able to stay healthy, sometimes yeah. as their body matures and finishes growing and gets more muscle and they get more experience on how to treat it, um, they end up becoming, you know, guys who are able to stay on the field more. And I don't think we give people credit uh, – or believe that they have the ability to do that. But we've seen it over and over again with different players. So what's your take on uh, moving Wander Franco in redraft leagues? Forget Dynasty. It would be absurd unless you wanted to get a 
complete haul of tons of players right now. The buzz is huge. Buzz is big. The buzz is out of control. But in redraft leagues right now, would you be selling? Or would it be very content-specific for you? Yeah, I think it's content-specific. I mean, you've held on to him for this long, right? So, like, clearly... Uh, you, you know, you paid a price at, at the draft table, whatever that price was going to be. Um, but he wasn't necessarily free. Like he wasn't going at the, at the last round of drafts. Like this was a guy that typically had to pay a top 200 price tag, uh, in, in snake drafts for. So I don't know that you want to trade him, you, you know, especially with this hot start. Now, that being said, I'm of the, uh, the belief that any player is tradable if the right offer is made, like if someone is going to, you know, give me a Ricky Williams type return for a a player, (laughs) I I don't care who the player is. I'm going to take a tribute. Yeah. I'm going to take, you know, the Ricky Williams type trade that, you know, uh, the, the Washington football team got for, for Ricky Williams. So um, I, uh, you know, nobody is unmovable in my opinion. I I just don't believe that, but I, am I, you know, I'll actively dangle him out. Anybody want Wander Franco? But you're more than likely uh, <laughs> going to trade whoever Wander Wander Franco is replacing, right? So you you had a shortstop on your team that was filling in for you. He is now on your bench, and if that is a usable piece, that's the person you're probably going to end up trading. That's Gleyber Torres for me. Franco is replacing Gleyber Torres right now, who has like no trade value right now in my league. He's got like three home runs still and he's been awful the last like three weeks i need i need him to heat up so i can get rid of him he's Everyone been on twitter talks about bench. him yeah yeah he's been sitting on my bench him up. And, yeah in a, in a 12 team league i've got uh nfbc 50 league uh i've got him and i'm in first place in the league and it's because i've been benching clipper torres for most of the season yeah People are asking, should I pull the plug now on him for other opportunities? Like guys like Brendan Rogers or Jonathan Scope, who's on fire, of course, who's probably not available in most leagues. I pulled the plug on that heater a little too early, and that's my fault. I predicted the Justin Scope, the Jonathan Scope here like streak, the intense yearly annual event that shows up, and I pulled the plug too soon, and that really bums me out. But would you drop Glaber Torres, dearie, for Brendan Rogers? Yeah, most likely at this point. I mean, I'm really strong really? at second base and shortstop. I have just a slew of guys. So, I mean, now that I have guys like Conforto coming back, he just came back today. I haven't activated him yet. Nimmo's going to be coming back. And I even have Fran Mel Reyes, who's going to go on a rehab stint on Tuesday. I need to make room for these guys. So, Torres might end up being on the chopping block here. The Mets need that offense, too, because they've been shut out four times over the last week. That's not good. I hear that's pretty bad. Charlie Morton had 11 Ks against them, and that was his best start of the season by far. Not sure I'm buying that, but they definitely need Conforto, and McNeil needs to get going. J.D. Davis, if he ever comes back, of course, Brandon Nemo's a stud. But I think uh, Wander Franco, like Justin said, anybody's tradable, and especially Gleyber Torres is a guy who only seems to feast on the Orioles. You don't have time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So you got to move, and you got to start making decisions. Really, you should have started making them in the beginning of this month, but as we move into July... There's not a lot of time left to dilly-dally with players because this is one of the biggest issues for me, Justin, is waiting it out, trying to be patient, waiting for the law of averages, as I say. Like, eventually, a guy like Gleyber Torres is going to end up with 20 home runs, right? But what if it never happens and you just kept that roster spot 
filled while you missed out on players who could be like an you know, Adolis Garcia, who certainly was worth the value of picking him up and getting all those stats, even if he's not worth keeping the whole year. Yeah, I mean, this is something I've struggled with, I mean, for years, is like, when do you cut bait on a player? When do you, you know, because I'm one of those guys, like I said, I start my prep in August for the next season. So by the time April rolls around and the season starts, like I've got six, seven months worth of prep done, and I don't like throwing the work I've done out. And so I tend to be a very, very uh, stubborn fantasy player and um, and not want to give up on my guys. Uh, but I, I think the 60-game season really helped me with that last year. Um, mm. You know, having to churn and burn so quickly because there wasn't any time um, really helped me kind of become a little bit better of a fantasy player in that regard, and I'm more apt to move on. Uh, it would still be hard for me to drop Glaber Torres, uh, and I know he's been really bad, but, I mean, when your best option is someone like Brian Rogers, who has his own history of, of injuries and underperformance, like, I don't know that I want to make that kind of move, especially because Torres is still going to be hitting on one of the best offenses in baseball. Coors. There's always Coors, though. It's a fun place to hit. It, I understand. it is, yeah. But, I mean, he only gets to play half his games there. And how long before the Rockies go, oh, wait, we forgot you're young. You don't get to play. Well, I mean, Jeff Burdix is gone now, so we're hoping some of that is actually, you know, Garrett Hampson's played a lot this year. He's actually yeah. been able to play pretty regularly. So maybe some of that's over, but people who love Sam Hilliard are still pissed because he's in the minors. But that was his own fault because he didn't hit for shit. I yeah. will say that. Um Okay, that's interesting stuff. I'm always going to be fascinated by that when to pull the plug on a player, Deary, because we, if anybody gets on a show like this and says, I figured it out. I got it. I did an equation. If somebody has an algorithm or something that tells you when it's time to cut bait, it's bullshit. You can have all the experiential knowledge in the world like you have, like Justin has, like I have, and you could still bail on a guy a little too soon. And all of a sudden, the baseball gods say, hey, you know what? It's time for this guy to do well. It's just I mean, it's it's so league dependent, how your team is structured, what categories you're playing, where you're sitting at in the standings. I mean, my, my league where I'm trying to get rid of Gliber right now with with Franco gone and I and I'd trade Franco, too. I in I'm in eighth place. Uh, it's a head to head league. Six make the playoffs. I'm only like five games out of like third or fourth place so i'm probably just standing pat right now but i'd love to make a deal because i'm trying to get some pitchers but it's a 16 team league and it's really really hard to acquire pitchers but i have a ton of hitting in this league and i'm starting to get some injuries with pitchers savali just went down which is difficult uh, but in terms, of when no to, in terms of when to cut like cut a guy i mean if you're sitting in first place and you have the luxury of of holding a roster spot on a guy like a glyber Torres, you're probably going to sit with him but if you're way deep down you need to try to move on from him somehow and most likely try to make a deal all right well said guys well said we're talking baseball here on the hey it's enrico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast presented by rotafanatic.com I am at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R on Twitter, at C-Deary 1999, that's in Dearly Beloved, not the hoofed antlered animal that crashes into your car, and Justin Mason, F-W-F-B. Guys. Sixty minutes? I could have gone with the sixty minutes one. It's a little faster. It's like... Every time I heard that on Sunday, I'm like, fuck, Sunday is over. It's time to go to bed. Like, as a kid, I hated that. It just terrified me when the late football game would happen on CBS. You're like, God damn it, 60 minutes is coming up. It's time to go to bed soon. 
Who didn't have that feeling? Sunday sucks worst. when you're in high the school. The worst feeling when you're a kid. The fun's over. We got to go to school in the morning. At any rate, the reason this clock is ticking, Justin, is because innings pitch limitations are on the horizon. In fact, they might already be here. And we can't prove it yet, but there are possibly pitchers who are on the IL right now, not because they're truly injured. It could be two reasons. First off, Gunkathon, the Gunkapalooza situation has fucked them up real bad. Or it could be the fact that they're trying to reduce the innings, which is something that the Dodgers have mastered for years and other teams have followed suit. So I'm not trying to create a panic here, but I really strongly, I've been trying to really trust my gut more and more and not back down from it. I really think this is a big issue and we need to be concerned about innings pitch limitations for starting pitchers like Carlos Rodon, like Tarek Skubal, uh, anybody, anybody who hasn't pitched a lot of innings, especially after the Bozo year of 2020. What is your take on this? And am I overhyping it? I don't necessarily think you're overhyping it. I think it's going to happen to certain players on certain teams. I think it's going to be very difficult to figure out which players it's going to happen and which teams are going to institute it. I think guys like Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize could be the ones that are most affected. These guys that are on non-playoff contending teams, right? Because, you know, we, we heard from the Brewers, like, oh, we're going to add 100 innings to each guy. That's all well and good until you're the middle of July and August exactly. in a playoff race. Like, you know, the Dodgers were a team where people went, we could see them doing more Dodgeritis. They're not even leading the division right now. Like, this is like, I think these teams, uh, especially this year, because they didn't get the expanded playoffs. I think if teams had gotten the expanded playoffs and there were eight teams in mm-hmm. each league getting in, teams would have felt a lot more comfortable like the Dodgers. Uh, in kind of, you know, the Brewers and kind of taking it down a notch. But there's not really a division in baseball that is, you know, where we feel really confident that there's one team that's going to emerge. I think every single division of baseball is kind of up for grabs right now. Uh, and I think that in itself is going to mean teams don't want to dial it back if they're in contention. So, yeah, I, I would look at the teams like Detroit, uh, like Miami, maybe Sandy Alcantara, you know, is a guy or Pablo Lopez is a guy that uh, could end up, you know, getting an innings limit type thing uh, or missing starts. You know, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Phantom IL stints. You're going to see six man rotations um, on some of these teams. And that's how it's going to happen. Uh, but ultimately, I don't know that kind of the really good teams uh, are going to have the ability to do it unless teams start falling out. If you start seeing a team like the Dodgers pull away, or maybe a team like the Rays pull away, you know, then, yeah, maybe. But right now, nobody's separating themselves. Yeah, the, Do- genius, the Dodgers genius, are really, genius. the Dodgers are a really, really interesting story right now because they have three guys in the top 10 of innings pitch. They have three guys with over 90 innings pitch. They're all set to get close to 200 innings in Bauer, Kershaw, and Bueller. You brought up Sandy Alcantara. He leads the league in innings pitched, 101 innings. He's at two straight Mar- starts that are eight innings plus, or at least yeah. eight innings. And also the Marlins are in last place, so it's like, I mean, are they going to keep rolling them out come August if they're not in the race at all? I think these are very real like questions that you should not dismiss. Not that they're absolutes, but these are things to keep in the old noggin here as we move into July. That's all I'm saying. And if you're making trades and making moves, and you're in, you're in leagues that are allowed trades, you need to consider the options of what's going to get me there at the end. If it's Roto, where you can play until the very last day of the season, who's going to be there for you at the very end? You know? I think the biggest concern is in head-to-head leagues, where this could, like, you could find out your top pitcher is being shut down early for the season 
because he reached a certain limit. Like, you know, and there will be leagues won and lost because your ace, like let's say it is Sandy uh, Alcantara, like, or Pablo Lopez, like all of a sudden the playoffs come around and the Marlins go, yeah, he's pitched enough. We don't want him to blow out his arm. We're not competitive. Trevor Rogers. Yeah. yeah, Trevor Rogers and another guy. So like, uh, like I think, you know, in Roto League, at least you've banked all those stats. And then you, if someone gets you done, you can move on and try to bank some more. But in a head-to-head league, like there's nothing worse than crushing your league in a head-to-head league all season long. And then at the end, losing. I, I played in a head-to-head league for years <laughs> where uh, I think I was in it for seven years. I was the number one team entering the playoffs every year, and I never won the league. Um, Dear, does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, every year. Yeah, yeah. me and Jerry's totally – it's those two weeks, man. Two weeks. Yeah, it's all that matters is those, those, two those, those two weeks. So, so, Justin, how do you prepare yourself to pivot – Specifically in like a head-to-head league, when when late August comes around, are you going after guys like uh, Alex Cobb or Caleb Smith, guys that have been injured and don't have a ton of innings, and maybe they're completely healthy come August? How do you pivot to prepare for possible innings, you know, drawback here at the end of the season going into the playoffs? I mean, I don't know that there's much you can do to prepare unless you're a team that um, is already like if you're in first place and you're looking now at I'm going to be in a playoff situation, right? Like you've moved from I'm, I need to dominate my regular season to, okay, I can start preparing. Then you can start looking at maybe stashing some guys that might be up late, uh, you know, either prospects or maybe some of these TJ returning guys that are sitting out on wires because injuries, um, you know, are a big thing. But, I mean, it's going to be so – I don't think we're going to know. Like I said, like I think this is going to – I think some, some of the names are going to come as a complete surprise, right? Uh, and some are going to be like, oh, yeah, no, we probably could have seen that one coming. But I think it's such a hard thing. You know, it's one of the things I've talked about all throughout this, you know, kind of preseason this year and last year was, you know, coming into 2020, we had never had a season that was 60 games. Right. And so the people who are telling you, oh, this is the way you have to approach it. This is how you have to do it. We're, we're lying to people because we had no idea. There was no historical basis for it. And the same thing's happening in 2021 in which. We had no historical basis from going from a 60-game season to a 162-game season. Uh, and so a lot of it's a crapshoot. And, you know, a lot of the things that we're seeing with spin rates and people freaking out and posting spin rates every day, like, we don't know what any of it means. Like, you know, <laughs> we can, of 2021. We, like, and so for me, like, I, I told people, like, I'm ignoring it until we have enough data yeah. to understand it. And then once we have enough data in a few weeks to understand the spin rate stuff, then I'll really start making plans in terms of strategy. But I, I the last thing you want to do is trade away a Sandy Alcantara or a Pablo Lopez. And then that guy beats you in the playoffs with him, you know? So I think you just hope for the best and like, you know, and don't freak out. Beautiful. Well said. My home league is a head to head league, 14 team league. Shout out to you guys. Bless you boys. And I, I have no chance of winning it, so uh, it's a it's going oh, to no. really what happened? yeah really, yeah. I held on to guys way too long uh, that I thought yeah. would have big ears that didn't. Uh, Nick Solak, Nick Senzel, a um, couple of guys that I stuck. Kenta Maeda, not Corbin. Kenta Ma- yeah, we've covered this. Okay, that's that. <laughs> He's trying to bring right. it up again. <laughs> no, you're right. That's I destroyed the franchise. I'm like Randy Smith of the 2002 Tigers <laughs> or uh, or Jeff Burdich of the Rockies. I destroyed my own franchise in that league because I didn't keep Shohei Otani the hitter. I didn't keep Corbin Burns, and that's it. 
Those are devastating moves. I kept Matt Chapman. What was I thinking? I hate Matt Chapman. I don't know how I found myself in this situation. It, it defies logic because I just, ugh, so dumb. Anyways, people don't care about my problems, but I do like to hear what Justin has to say about stuff. That's why he's on the Hands Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. So as that clock keeps on ticking, just think about innings pitch limitations and in head-to-head leagues, really fascinating stuff when those playoffs come up. Uh, real quick here, we got Return of the Mac. we got some music underneath in the podcast version. On YouTube, we're dancing to nothing. Return of the Mac. You remember the song, Justin, when you were younger? Return of the Mac. I you said Jana? vaguely do. Classic. Classic. As we I'm, learned on my last uh, episode that I was on with you guys, I'm not really a music dude. <laughs> not. It's very odd to me, Deary. It seems like he would be a music dude. It really does, doesn't it? How do you how do you know if someone's a music dude or not? I mean, it, it's like just, the greatest mystery when you go up to somebody you're like, oh, I think you're into music. What do you listen to? I listen to everything. It's like the worst statement anyone could ever make. I listen to oh, everything. At least Justin's honest is like, I'm not a big music dude. I, I really don't listen to much. I listen to podcasts. I, I listen <laughs> to, hey, the, it's the Eureka Palazzo <laughs> podcast. That's all I oh. listen to. Oh, that's so sweet. Shout out our own podcast. Uh, a couple of comments here in the live stream, which you guys can all participate in. Brian K. Rodman says, Badu, Akil Badu was left for dead after three hot weeks. He might be worthy of a song again. Yes, I, you can check out on our YouTube channel here under the songs playlist. I have an Akil Badu song, parody song, which is a tribute to Akil Badu based on the police's... What is it? Do-do-do-da-da-da. Uh, is that the actual title? Do-do-do-da-da-da. Yeah, I got the record back here somewhere. I can look. I it think right. that's the actual title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I said go Bucks. I don't know if the Bucks won or lost. It was a one-point game here with a couple seconds left. So Deary can fill us in on that. So true, Justin. I have no idea what that's in reference to, but I'm sure it was something smart that Justin Mason said. Derek Schaefer says this is why I never draft Dodgers pitchers. Well, a guy like Gonsolin right now might actually be of use because he hasn't pitched much this year. So his even if he hits, if he gets 80 innings this year, that could take you into. Maybe, you know, August for sure, right? So, you know, think about that. Don't assume that a staff is just not for you regardless. Brock the Sponsor says, great stuff, guys. Some tough questions to start pondering. That's why we do this. That's what we want to hear. And Patrick Ryan says, I care. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) So glad that somebody out there cares for the love of Christ. Uh, Some players that are on the mend. Uh, Danny Duffy came back for the Royals. Kyle Tucker's back for the Astros. Brandon Nimmo is close to his return. Michael Conforto, like Deary said, is... uh, Gonna be back in business here. He came uh, back tonight. He came back tonight and he yep. dominated, I'm sure. I think he had two hits actually. Yay! Of course, Wanda Franco got called up. Justin, is there anybody else that you're looking forward to, to who could be called up? Because you know, we've passed the Super Two deadline and or what will be the Super Two deadline. And then right now, guys that come to mind who are not up that maybe could be up are a guy like CJ Abrams, maybe. Uh, is there anybody else that you think of in terms of like the top echelon of prospects who should could be coming up soon, or you would like to see come up soon? Yeah, I don't think C.J. Abrams is coming up this year. I, I'd be really surprised. Like, I don't know where they would play him. Uh, the, I mean, San Diego's got a pretty stacked team, uh, and I, I don't think that they're going to start his clock just to sit on the bench. I think they want him to play every day. Uh, you know, kind of like Bobby Witt could make an appearance at some point, but the Royals have kind of started to fall out of it, so he may not uh, until later in the year. Uh, yeah. Joe Adele could come up at some point. Um, he's still striking out like 75% of the time, but <laughs> he's hitting for a lot of power. He's got a decent average. I mean, he's a, he's a really interesting prospect if he can figure out how to hit breaking stuff and not swing and miss at everything. 
Uh, someone got you know, someone just got hurt for them, wasn't it? I think oh Upton. Justin Upton. Oh, yeah. uh, was, Upton left no, with I think a bad, bad back strain. So that so, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it, it, that may be the opening for him. Um, you know, a, a guy like uh Vidal Bruhan and Luke Voigt just hit a walk-off home run in the Oh no, he didn't. I thought he was gone. Um <laughs> oh, Bob Saget. Pop up. It was it was a it was a walk-off walk-off sack play. <laughs> cool how exciting that's so, what baseball is all about um so yeah uh Vidal Bruhan is an interesting guy I thought he'd be up before Wander Franco he's, he's I said uh, that too because he, he was on the 40 man and, and Franco wasn't um Bruhan may end up being the better fantasy player yes. in the long run uh he has blazing speed a really really good hit tool uh walks uh, especially in this day and age where uh, stolen bases are a uh, uh, a real asset that people have to chase, I think he could end up being the better fantasy player long term, and and maybe even this year. Uh, so if he comes up, the question is where do they play him? You know, I think there's a chance that uh, maybe Wander Franco plays some more third as well as shortstop, and then the and Bruhan turns into kind of a super utility guy. Uh, you know, playing second, the outfield, maybe a little bit of short third. Um, but he's a guy that I think has the most amount of impact potential that's still in the minors and could be up relatively soon. I love Bruhan. You're speaking my language. I really thought he would come up first, and he could be the better fantasy player. Deary, who do you like better, Vidal Bruhan or Wander Franco? I mean, Wander Franco right now. I mean, he's been the hot name, but I'd love to see Bruhan come up. But, I, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play. Um, question I'll throw to you guys. Are we going to see the top prospect for the Orioles, Adley Rushman, at any point this season? He's killing it right now in double-A. I know. September. He, okay. He could uh, – so, wait. So, what is this rule? I was, I'll was. i admit when I don't know everything. So, is there a rule that came apart or came on the scene over the last year with COVID where – if you go to double A, then you have to go to triple A or you have to spend a certain amount of time at triple A. Has anyone heard about this or am I, am I crazy? I don't believe I've not heard this. So I, Did Twitter someone, totally lie to me? Maybe Twitter lies to you on a regular basis. I have not heard that rule. That'd be an interesting <laughs> rule. Twitter guys um, a dick. I, I can't imagine that's a rule because one of the, uh, um, you know, the, the 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 ability to cheat minor leaguers out of their service time is one of the things that owners <laughs> love. Um, and really relish. And so I can't imagine they would institute any sort of rules that would put any sort of uh, roadblocks or impediments into that. Yeah, I didn't think so either. So I don't want to spread bogus information. But at any rate, Rushman could jump from Bowie, which is right next door to Baltimore, and just jump up to Camden Yards anytime. That'd be really nice. I'd love to see that bat. He won't. but he'll, like he'll come, Maybe they'll reward him with a call-up in September, uh, you know, when the service time isn't affected. So... Uh, but I, I doubt he's up before then. Spencer Torkelson, you know, he's moving quicker too. He's making progress, but I still don't think you'll see him this year. Either. Do you, dear? No, I think we see him next year. I, yeah. I think we probably see him June of next year. Uh, Nate Pearson, I was actually excited, was going to come back up, but then he got another issue happened. He's on the IL for the seven-day IL. I think it was a concussion, but either way, he's injured again, so he's not going to be coming up. And Alec Manoa is really speeding past him on the Blue Jays in terms of the prospect that's giving them what they need right now, which is very unfortunate. Uh, oh, here's one. Good call, guys. 
This is what I wanted to hear. Joe Gentile says, I believe I heard James Anderson talk about how the COVID rules are different between AA and AAA. Thank you. I knew it was COVID related. I just wanted to make sure. So that's all I needed to know. Thank you very much, Joe. Derek Schaefer says, how about Jaron Duran of the Boston Red Sox? That would be fun. I think a lot of us would like to see that. But what about Jeter Downs? Wouldn't Jeter Downs come up first? Um, I think they both could come up at some point. I'm a little surprised they haven't come up yet, considering the Red Sox have been surprisingly decent up yeah. until, you know, a little bit of a cold stretch here recently. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised that neither of them have come up. Uh, you know, Tristan Casas is another one uh, that could, could be up at some point as well. Uh, it's really hard to kind of tell what the Red Sox are doing. I think they're kind of waiting and seeing as the trade deadline comes to see if they're going to be competitive in the division. Uh, I think that maybe they thought that this was kind of a bridge year uh, towards being competitive next season. Uh, and so mm. why start the service clock on these guys? But uh, I mean, if they continue to be competitive towards the all-star break, you may see these guys come up uh, and, and have a bigger role. I don't know that they thought that, you know, Chaim Bloom, the GM, I don't know if he felt that way or if Alex Cora felt differently. I think the Red Sox may have thought they were better than people expected them to be, especially with some of the starting pitching signings they made, which were just innings eaters that were not very hopeful of providing any type of return, like Garrett Richards, uh, Mar Martin Perez. So I think I see what you're saying, but I, I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, dear, what do you think? Uh, is there anybody else out there that you would love to see that's going to come up soon? Oh. No, I mean, I mean, going just going back to Boston. Boston's going to be really interesting because if they're in the race here, they're going to be looking for bullpen help in pitching, and they have these yeah. great prospects. But are they going to want to part with these prospects in a year just that so they can compete this year and go out go and get a guy who might be on an expiring contract? No, they probably want to keep these hitters around that are going to be really, really special. You know, we talked about Duran and, and Jeter Downs. Both have been really good in the minors. I think they probably wait out another year for these guys to come up. Besides that, yeah, I don't know in terms of any other impact player coming up here in the next month or so. Okay. Uh, yes, is this live? Ryan K. 886-1336-B. This is live. I'm responding to you in real time. That's Justin Mason down there. That's Christopher Deary up there. Breaking news, Adolis Garcia, two taters tonight. Son of a bitch, Damn! says Brian K. Rodman. Sorry, Brian. Yeah, that's, I mean, that could still happen, and it literally did happen, so that's cool. Sick, yeah, very sick. Sick means good, right? Like what bad means cool in the 80s. All right, there it is. So we give you guys some people to talk about, some people who are on the mend. Good times are here. It's the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. Check out Phil Goyette's Climbing the Rookie Ladder. It's good stuff. Tomorrow, uh, Deary, I haven't even told you this, uh, because you're not going to be available Friday. So we're going to do a show tomorrow, and I hope you can make it. Because <laughs> uh, Paul Mamino and Crosby Spencer from Rota Fanatic will be on tomorrow night's show. Two very smart fellows who know a lot about stuff. So look for that tomorrow night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Paul Mamino. Oh, follow perfect. P. Mamino Fantasy. Yeah. 10 o'clock? Perfect. I got to go shopping for this wedding I'm going to on Saturday. I, I got too fat, and I don't fit in any of my suits. <laughs> I don't know what that's about at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Danielle's here. Hi, Mrs. Salinger in the house. About time. We were looking for you. I knew she'd make it in eventually. All right. Well, uh, we're going to keep this simple, but we do call it Enrico's Inquisition. Would you prefer to deal with a manipulative person or a callous person? Wow, this is deep. Deep into my psyche. Alan Trammell or Lou Whitaker? Oh, I knew you were going to hit me with that. The 1988 Dodgers or the 2020 Dodgers? Oh, the 1988. 
by far. It was the happiest moment like of my sports life. That was my first gut moment. Oh, Nelly, get ready for some doozies. Because it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show, Enrico's Inquisition. <laughs> that's, that's all price I need to know, five minutes. Everybody's here. Everyone's popping in tonight. Man, Justin Mason, you're a big hit around here. That's right. Justin Mason. Justin Mason, FWFB on Twitter. If you want to follow him and get him to 20,000 followers. We're working to that cause right now. We're not going to quit on it. We're taking callers for these pendant keychains. All right, Justin. Some wild shit. Deary, too. Deary. Some weird shit has happened recently. First off, I really want to talk about... (laughs) Did you guys see the Dan Vogelbach play? With the Diamondbacks no. last night? No. I didn't. I, I know he got hurt, but I haven't seen the actual play. Oh, shit. You got to be shitting me. That's so cool. So I'm going to show it to you right here on the screen. I'm going to pull it up because Dan Vogelbach is a large, healthy man. Uh, he runs the bases pretty well for a guy with a lot of power and size. And something happened last night, which I'm going to share with you right now. against the Diamond, Or was it this afternoon? Either way, it happened against the Diamondbacks in their last game. I thought it was pretty bizarre, so I want to get you guys' feedback on this. There we go. Oh, my God. We're in the multiverse. Holy shit. Okay, so here we go. This is a base hit by someone. He's on second, going to third, right? (laughs) Oh, I did see this, yes. I did see it, yeah. What do you do? Roll an ankle? I think he... Looks like uh, a hammy. He he hurt his knee. Um... I don't think they've said exactly what he did to his knee, but I actually, I did. Danielle, my wife, showed me this uh, earlier uh, today, and um, somehow Steve uh, Stefan Crichton could not figure out that he should throw home as the guy who's <laughs> 300 pounds limps was, there very slowly. I was just going to say, um, did they just, like, give him a free pass because they felt bad? Well, it may be the end of Stefan Crichton's career because they designated him for assignment. Today. They did. Yeah, he's bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, uh, your wife says it's ridiculous. It really is. <laughs> My question is, they felt bad for him. Like, it would be unfair to throw him out because he couldn't run. Is there a bro code or some type of weird unwritten rule that says, well, he was he would have been safe, but he came up really lame. I mean, Brandon Belt got thrown out today when he came up lame running home. So what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, real life story. My wife was once running home in our slow pitch softball game from third base got beamed in the back of the head with the ball got a massive concussion was stumbling around like a zombie and her brother screamed touch the plate touch the plate no no you 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 get the person out you try to score you do whatever you have to do to win the game yeah wow this is the major leagues this isn't like in eighth grade where you let like the water boy come out and try to make a basket at the end of the game and everybody just watches so he can feel good and everybody's all happy. This is the major leagues. Like you can't just let Vogelbach stumble home like that. All right. And then last night's uh, Bozo Fest at <laughs> Citizens Bank Park 
where Glass Joe Girardi went head to head with Mad Max, and I did a dumb video that I posted. Did you play it? It's, it's, uh, well, we can't see the we can't hear the audio. Could you guys hear the oh, audio okay. when I played the video? I don't no. think I don't know. I don't okay. figure that out yet. So it is a it's great not, video. You gotta have the audio, right? But anyways, it's just Joe Girardi and Max Scherzer going head to head in a Mike Tyson's punch out type thing. But the bottom line here is Joe Girardi being kind of a dick. Do you, do you think he's being a dick in this situation or? I mean, three times, three inspections he calls for. And I, now Clayton I, Kershaw I, says, hey, there should be a penalty for, co- for managers who call for bogus inspections. I'm, I'm already sick of it. Uh, I'm already sick of the, these inspections. And there's going to be managers that are going to be throwing these out there just to fuck with pitchers so they can have these just mental breakdowns. I mean, that certainly got to Scherzer last night. And uh, you posted a great video. But it's so annoying. Like, they're just doing these checks, three checks last night. These guys are like taking their belts off. Some guys are dropping their pants. Like, it's certainly pissing the pitchers off. It's so yeah, ridiculous. Romo almost got nude. Sergio Romo almost got nude. And today, Shohei Otani had a laugh with the umps. He was very congeal. I, I will say that. It's like, hey, we want to speed up the game, but uh, no, we're going to do these inspections. Take all your clothes off. And uh, <laughs> I'm just waiting for uh, Palazzo to come in and, and, you know, shake you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. There's a great. Uh, there's something in there. Good call, Deary. That's a great idea. The fucking vacuum and oh, oh wow! I can't believe I didn't think of that. that our show was tailor made for this situation. Exactly. We weren't even yeah. using that scene. It was. This was pre- this was predicted 32 years ago when Naked Gun came out. Yeah, we're idiots. Justin, we haven't had a chance to talk. Like I said, that's why we wanted to have you on. What's up? What's your view? And how do you take in this whole Gunka Palooza chaos that has been going on since Manfred and his crew decided to crack down in the middle of a season? Yeah, it's the middle of the season part that bothers me the most because, uh, I mean, it was clear that the players, the pitchers, have taken this too far. This has been something that's been allowed throughout the entire history of baseball, um, and they have taken it too far, and now baseball needs to crack down at least a little bit. But in in true MLB and Rob Manfred form, we're going to fix a problem in the worst possible way. Um, so we're going to do this midseason – uh, we're going to uh, not give anybody a chance to prepare. We're going to set 10-day suspensions in which the player still gets paid, but the team can't replace them on the roster. Uh, like A lot of it just doesn't make sense. Uh, I agree that uh, they should probably do something, but they, what they should have done was sat down with the players' union and said, let's come together and come up with a substance that makes sense, whether it's, you know, sunblock and rosin or I don't know, you know, dragon spit. Who, who the hell knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. But dragon spit. Wow. like the, the idea Harry that. Potter? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the, the idea that they that this was a good idea that they should change things midseason. If your fantasy commissioner changed things midseason, you would have people quitting your league. Yet Major League Baseball I, thinks, that's what this I is said. A, yeah, thinks this is a good idea. It's it's absolutely atrocious. Um, I feel worse for Tyler Glass now, who you know believes he got hurt um, because of this, and I, I tend to kind of agree with him that it so probably we. was uh, due to you know having to learn how to pitch all of a sudden without stuff. Um, it's just it's just a bummer. Uh, you know, like I said, I do agree they should do something, but the way they're doing it. Uh, is is ridiculous and for me in just about anything it's about the process rather than the end result they're getting the end result they want and process be damned 
That's exactly what we said here, man. Glass now really did get affected by this, and it's a damn shame. And fantasy managers and commissioners know this better than anything. You don't change rules during a fantasy season. This is a real league that the fantasy is based off of. Do you understand how insane that is? Anyone? People do. I hope they do. I know you guys do. Oh, the smart it, it, people do. It's going to make fantasy analysis for next year just <laughs> so frustrating. Because you know how many guys were going to be like, oh, look how he dropped off in the second half. Yes. Like, you know, and how much is it going to be real? Because you know that this is going to change again in the offseason, right? You know, as long as we don't have an actual strike or lockout, like, they're going to come together and they're going to go, hey, we need to figure out a substance. And they're going to have something for next year. And everything's going to change again. It is, it's going to be frustrating for the third season in a row where we don't really know what to expect. There's a reckoning coming. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen? But things are out of control. And I see it. I see it so clearly. There is a reckoning. And something's going to give here. Lockout strike, whatever it is. Me and Deary have talked about it on the show a lot. We continue to believe that there is a massive the nothing, you know, remember the never ending story. The nothing is rolling in and somebody's going to come in and try to stop it, but not before some major shit goes down. There's going to be some major shit that happens because it needs to happen because this is the kind of league we currently have where a commissioner decides to change the rules during a season. And we thought it was going to be hard to judge off a 60 game season. This is our first, my first full year of analysis was coming off the 2020 Bozo season. And now I thought things would get easier going after it. But what you just said makes it much more likely that it's going to be even more complicated to know what's going on with pitchers in 2022, which is also going to trickle down to hitters because you don't know what the situation is with the pitchers. It's a... Th- ah! Right, dearie? Yeah, your job just continues to keep getting harder and harder, Mike, as a fantasy ah! <laughs> Yeah, let me speak, speak for you. Good lord, what a fucking nightmare. Uh, some of the comments here, uh, your wife's saying, I enjoy the guys dropping their pants. hey Oh, I bet you do, Panama Red. Watching the umps feeling Scherzer's head seemed a little <laughs> violating. Yeah, that was... Uh, I felt bad for Max. And Max is kind of a dick, I'll be honest. In fact, I know people here who have met him locally when he was a Tiger. He's kind of a kind of a red ass you know he's a tough dude which he doesn't really hide i guess yeah your your wife also says they should have at least been given the off season to figure out how to pitch without anything agreed perfect she point. also worried yeah she also worries about any injuries being hit by a pitch which um well i thought like you know last night alec Baum was kind of thrown at close i don't know if it was intentional or if he lost the grip from scherzer we'll never know that for sure it's always going to be a, a mystery and she says enjoying the cussing too well fucking hey you know how we do it here uh, i wanted to show this scene real quick this is the uh <laughs> this is the one deary just alluded to it's so funny if some reason you guys have never seen this in the naked gun this is a treat and this is exactly what's going on right now so uh here it is this is dave spiewak and uh, frank drevin comes out to the mound to analyze the ball uh, he finds some sandpaper behind his back. Uh, that's cool. And oh. <laughs> what is that it's, like? A it's an electric sander. Yeah. Electric. There we go. What's in and there? He takes his, yeah. Oh, what's under his hat? Whole thing Vaseline. of Vaseline. A whole tub of Vaseline under his hat, and he's good to go. All right. right. You're good. We'll give that right back to you. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's exactly what's happening, and there's more comedy involved with that. Good call, dearie. Uh, we're in Enrico's Inquisition here with Justin Mason following MJ Govier, C. Deary 1999, and Justin Mason, FWFB. Justin. 
One thing not related to baseball that we'd like to discuss is, uh, you know, mental health. And, you know, we talk mental health, and I know you and I have had great conversations about that, and it's a part of your life that's very important to you. And I think uh, with the COVID ending, there's a lot of people who were kind of locked up on their own, and now that we're starting to get back out of society, people are starting to mingle and try to live life again. But there could be a lot of lingering leftovers that people might not be aware of that more anxiety and not really not sure why they're feeling that way uh i just wanted to take that moment here because on this show we've always tried to be very honest about it me and deary are very proud of that on the show and it's important i'm sure it's a fantasy baseball show and it's one of the dumbest shows you'll ever hear or watch which is totally cool but at the same time you know we have a heart we have a soul we try to focus on what really matters and uh, I'm wondering, how are you feeling? You know, COVID's over now. So uh, what's your state of mind? And how's your family doing? And how, how are you guys looking ahead now that things are starting to be somewhat normal? Uh, well, they're not normal for us yet. We, we, uh, we're we still being very, very safe. We have a child who uh, is high risk. And, um, and because of that, uh, we aren't taking very many chances. Uh, we're going on our first vacation uh next month with my family and we're just nervous about that like you know um, going yeah. with people that we should be able to trust um but uh you know i mean i i don't i think until we reach a vaccination rate in this country um that will give us herd immunity i think there's going to be you know things to be scared about and i think that uh people who have anxieties about that um is it's completely normal um i think if you don't have anxiety about it good for you but don't hurt or don't don't go after the people who do uh and i think there will be people we've already seen it uh, there was a great study that came out uh recently about people who are afraid to drive that 60 percent of the people in this country are afraid to drive because they've gone so long without having to drive um, oh and they're actually expecting a lot more car accidents on the road because people have forgotten how to drive and if my area is any indication that is true because people don't know how to fucking drive um so i think there are going to be a lot of uh things that are uh different about the way we live life i think we're going to see a lot more zoom meetups and virtual meetups and uh i think that will continue to be a thing um i think that uh people i think some people are are missing the human connection and social uh interactions that were kind of lost during the pandemic uh and so some people are going to run right out and be like oh i need i need this touch i need this affection i need this uh and then they're going to be people who are less inclined to do that and i think we're going to see a real uh, kind of dichotomy and difference between those who really need that and crave that versus the people who are like hey i kind of like not having to see anybody for a fucking year Whatever. um <laughs> so uh I, and I'm kind of caught in between of, in that. Like, I do miss seeing people. I miss going to Tower Wars this year uh, and going to First Pitch Arizona last year uh, and, and seeing all of our friends in the industry and hanging out with people. But I'm also kind of a homebody um, and don't tend to really like people to begin with. So um, I don't know where I kind of fall. <laughs> so the quarantine was perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, I think I think my wife uh, once said like she really liked the idea of not having to go anywhere, but she wished the fucking people in her house would just leave. <laughs> so uh, I'm sick of you fuckers. Yeah. See, I, I made an assumption there. 
I was forgetting about your kid and not see these are the little things that are gonna be a part of people's lives and we're not being aware of it it's okay it's not a bad thing it's just a reminder it's not all uniform okay it's not all uniform well, you know I mean so so quick story here I I worked with kids and we just started summer camp a week and a half ago and we have a bunch of five and six year olds in camp that did not go to kindergarten had first grade like on zoom and they have not been socialized at all. They haven't seen any other kids. And there are some kids having a real, real struggle socializing with other kids because they haven't had it in a year and a half. Or some of them, the only socialization that they've ever had is with their family. So it's been really, really difficult for these really, you know, younger kids that really have missed out on school and basically the social, you know, interactions that they can have with other children. It's really, really terrifying to watch. Yeah, I mean, my two-year-old was, you know, uh, you know, she doesn't understand that there's anything different right like she she thinks masks are part of everyday use and she's never like in her mind she's mm. never been into something like a store like or um you know she doesn't remember ever meeting my parents in person like because you know she, in her frame of reference is the last year and a half and she's only seen people on zoom and so the few times where i've taken her out into public uh, you know, for anything, she get she thinks it's really cool to see people. But if people look, start to approach her, she gets very scared. Um, and I think that you know, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see, like, kind of that generation, like, how do they recover? Um, you know, I, I also have a ten year old who like just misses her friends uh you know a ton uh but she's also scared to go back out she stayed in did homeschool the entire year uh, even though her kids went back to back to school in may uh or her classmates went back to school in may and her entire class got covid or well or someone in her class got covid and so the entire class had to quarantine for their first two weeks of summer break um, so like i think we'd like to think that this is over but uh as we've seen guys major league players get covid uh, and have to stay out um I, I don't think it's necessarily over yet wow that's really well said yes people will struggle to change and it's not going to be easy remember not everyone's on the same page as you we're all rolling at different speed and you want me to change fuck you you don't have to be that harsh about it take you know, chill out i also listened to uh, you know the tgfbi pod which you've kind of you've kind of turned into like a it's like a, a meditation on what's going on in the fantasy baseball world. It's like it's not so much about it, there's baseball talk, but it's kind of more like a get to know people show now in a sense. And I think that's cool. And because we always love that's what we do here. We love to try to talk things that aren't just baseball. You can all mix it together. Now, I listened to Mike Curlin's recent appearance. And you guys were talking about fantasy baseball community. And Mike was very honest about uh his fact that he had jealousy and, and he had envy of other people in the business, which are human emotions. So he's not alone. He's not alone at all. I'm just curious what uh, what your take is on all that now that the show is over and maybe you've had some time to think about it beyond what you said on the show. I mean, you know, I, I think what, the real cool thing about the TGFBI podcast um, and doing things the way I've been doing it for the last uh, you know year and a half or two years uh, that I've been kind of doing those episodes is that uh you know yeah we talk about the teams and stuff but we really talk about people right and i think when i was just a fan right when i was just a person that listened to podcasts or read work or watch videos like i always thought oh like i think i'd be really good friends with paul spore and jason collette and it turns out i am now 
Um, but uh, like, I, like you know, I think that there are some people in the industry that um, I think the majority of people in the industry are really cool and really good people. Um, and I don't think we get to see that as much except for in little moments on Twitter or what uh, we kind of try to show the the outside world. And so I started that show in order to kind of give people an opportunity to talk about themselves. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's as basic as, hey, this is the kind of work I do, you know. Um, and sometimes it turns into something a little bit more like the episode with Mike, uh, the episode with uh, uh, John, uh, MLB Moving Average recently as well. The episode with Christopher Welsh, I highly recommend uh, going that into one. that one if you haven't. Um but I, you know, what Mike was talking about in terms of like professional jealousy, I think is, uh, I think it's really, really common. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, and I think everybody at some point when they enter this industry experiences that, you know, whether it's a matter of, uh, you know, why not me or a matter of like, uh, how's this person getting this job and I'm not getting this job. And uh, I, I think it's, I, I, I totally think it is, uh, uh, super, super common to feel jealous, and it's not that people are less deserving than other people, it's just we have the natural human reaction to go, I want that, right? And if I don't have that, like, I want that. Um, uh, and I mean, I've been blessed in this industry to, uh, you know, kind of move up the ranks of maybe faster than other people, and I'm sure, actually, I know for a fact there have been people who have been jealous of me because they've behind the scenes come and told me that they were jealous of <laughs> kind of where I've gotten um, and not in a bad way and I don't take it uh, you know as an offense like you know or that someone's like you know being mean. Um, yeah jealousy automatically has this negative connotation for most people yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way you can be honest about how you feel and you want what someone has but at the same time you could be like good for you I feel I feel happy for you. I, I mean jealousy in, in a lot of ways is a lot like fear Fear is a natural human emotion, right? It's a natural thing. It's what we do with that that determines the content of that emotion, right? So, mm -hmm. like, it's fine for me to be jealous of someone, right? It's it's totally fine. It's a natural human emotion, a natural reaction. Now, if I use that jealousy and then, like, attack people over it, then that's a problem. But maybe I use that emotion, that feeling of jealousy to inspire myself and sometimes in what i told like mike on the podcast was like you know if you're wondering why someone is getting a job over you why don't you go ask the person who got the job or the person who gave them the job and go hey what can i do to ensure my i have a better shot at getting this job in the future because the worst thing they can do is not answer you right i mean like and then you're just still in the exact same position you were but you might get someone and most people are going to say, hey, listen, you need to do this, this and this. Like, you know, this is why this person was hired and you weren't. Um, and so I think it's a matter in just, you know, this is every aspect of life, right? It's all about your intentions, right? Mm -hmm. If your intentions are good, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're jealous or if you're in fear. You know, you don't let those things control how you're going to behave, use them as fuel for something else. Yeah. It's like not getting enough playing time on your basketball team, and the worst thing to do is sit there and bitch and complain, and you're not going to get any playing time if you do that. But if, you know, you made a great point, Justin, go ahead and ask those people, what can I do to be to, to be better, to get those better opportunities? But it's got to be really hard within, you know, 
any type of fantasy world because the market is so saturated now. There's so many podcasts out there. There's so many different writers. So, you know, in a way, you almost got to be a little realistic about it. But why not start your own thing? I mean, Mike's done it. I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of different paths. And, you know, one of the things I told Mike, a camera who's on the podcast or off air is, Hey, you know, come up with a goals list. What what do you, what do you really want? Like what, you know, and then how am I going to get to that goal? It's, you know, it's kind of a two-step process. Identify what the actual goal is and then figure out what the plan to that goal is. I mean, one of the things that I did kind of early on when I decided to make this more than just like a little hobby that I did with my friends um, was I went, okay, what is the ultimate goal for me? And like, how can I achieve those goals? Uh, and I did that, you know, I, I made friends within the industry. I started TGFBI. I, you know, I worked really, really, really hard. And it is a saturated market and much more saturated than when I came in six years ago. And even more saturated, it's become even more saturated in the last few years. Especially uh, with and, COVID. Especially yeah. with COVID. And, my, and Mike talked about that. That being said, every time uh an industry gets saturated that's good for the industry so like the idea that like oh there's so many people your voice can't be heard no no it just means that the people who are good and the people who work hard will be rewarded and the people who aren't good or aren't working hard or trying to get better will eventually fade away there are plenty of people because, I mean, these things come in waves. And there were a ton of people who came in in my wave. Not all of them are still here. You know, hey, a lot you, of them You've talked are. about that before. You know, a lot of them have decided to go do other podcasts, you know, outside of the sports realm. Or have decided Bye, to stop doing fantasy analysis. And that's just part of, you know any business right like the people who are dedicated the people even if you're not good like i was not good at this when i started absolutely I, <laughs> you I, always I, say that <laughs> i was absolutely atrocious i still don't think i'm very good but like i was absolutely atrocious i wish i still had the audio for my first few episodes of friends with fantasy benefits because they were bad uh that it's being gotta said, exist somewhere we gotta find it I, i'm sure it does exist somewhere and um i will cry when they get released but I worked really, really hard to get better. Um, and and because I had a passion for this and because I had a wife who was willing to give me the space uh, and the ability to do it and really said, hey, stop being a knucklehead if you're if this is something that's important to you and, and really, you know, give it a go. Mm -hmm. You know, I got better. Um, and because I got better, I worked my way up the ranks at fan drafts and, uh, you know, I, I put myself in really good positions uh, to, you know, then be rewarded later and they have. And um, so, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think Mike uh, brought up some really interesting points and said a lot of things that a lot of people who are newer in the industry think um, or people who've been in the industry for a while have felt at some point or maybe still feel it some, uh, at some point. Um, but I also think that, you know, he's one of those guys like you guys that will be rewarded and already have been rewarded with, you know, pretty nice platforms uh, and success in the industry because you guys work hard. And I think that's what it comes down to. We work hard, don't we, Deary? Every day, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I'll tell you one thing. To be envious and jealous is natural. But like Justin said... 
how you respond to those feelings are what makes or breaks those feelings. The feelings are natural, but the actions not necessarily have to follow suit. That's important. And we love doing the show. I also think there's a lot of slurpage about the community. Sometimes I feel like people are just so... What is slurpage? It's what Wilbon says all the time on uh, PTI. Basically, it's his nice little way of saying blowjob, you know, sucking on dongs. That's what he means, slurpage. Slurping Tom Brady's dick. That's what everybody's doing all the time. But he has to say slurpage, which, surprisingly enough, nobody's calling on to ESPN that it's a blowjob reference. At any point... The community is, loves, is, is that a bad thing? That the community like, that we talk about the community? Or no, the slurpage. Because I think that has a bad connotation. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's what I've always said too. Like, uh, dude, suck my dick. I'm like, well, I don't want to personally, but that's not a bad thing. <laughs> if somebody else wants to suck your dick. Like, you know, when we were young, as <laughs> calling each other a cocksucker was a bad thing. But it's not dude, suck my start, dick. Like, yeah, oh, that might be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it has homophobic origins that's what i i think you're getting at i totally agree with that you're right and i've thought about that many times so i like you that's why i like you you're on our show for a reason justin but like this community and the people who don't know the people who are just watching and listening and they're here for fantasy baseball content they don't necessarily give a shit about this community what's going on and that's fine you don't have to but justin's put a lot of work into it and he cares a lot about it so that makes sense that he would be so interested in it i think there's a fine line for me personally i know deary it's probably even less than me, but like I don't, I love the people I've met and connected with, and I do this to connect and learn and grow and get more educated about life overall and expand my understanding of people. But there's got to be a fine line between like just getting too deep in the weeds on some of this shit and taking a step back and be like, wow, this is just a small part of existence. And I'm not saying that's you at all. I'm just, it's just a general announcement or kind of a reminder for those of us out there who get obsessed about, eh, I didn't get that opportunity. And I've had those feelings. I'm like, shit, I could do that better than he could. Fuck that guy. I haven't say the fuck that guy part, but I certainly felt I was talented enough to do what someone else does. It's not about talent. It's about what Justin said. It's about work, work, work. It's about grinding. And eventually, you will hopefully get the opportunities. But you have to make them happen. One thing I've learned about my life is I sat on the sidelines for most of it, and I never got anywhere. Started doing a podcast with Deary, and then all of a sudden, now we're here today. I I think that is a really um, good point uh, that you just made. Because I can't tell you how many times I've heard people complain about, oh, this person got this job. And then you ask that person who's complaining, well, did you apply? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, no. Like, I mean, you, you just thought someone was going to be running down the street, chasing you down. I, trying to. I, I, hey, I here's your I, offer. Here's your job offer. I think there are some people who think that these offers are just handed out like candy to the people that other people like or something. And Very naive. And, and I'm sure that does happen. It, it, actually, I know for a fact that does. Happen. It does. Yeah. Um, you know, for sure. When I was approached to write at Fangraphs, um, I, I didn't apply because I never would have applied at Fangraphs. I didn't think I was worthy of fa- of working at Fangraphs. Um, and and Paul came to me and said, "Hey, listen, I want to bring you on." And I told him, "No, I don't. I'm not worthy of Fangraphs." And he said, "Listen, I'm not bringing you on to be Jeff Zimmerman or Alex Chamberlain. I'm bringing you on to be Justin Mason." And that that's what I that's what I'm trying to bring. And I was like, "Okay," but I think there are a lot of people who think that's how every person gets hired at a place, right? 
no, most people are are looking, going to places and going, hey, you need a writer? Or here's my resume. Here's 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 a writing sample. Here's mm-hmm. a podcast sample. Uh, do you need someone? And that's how they get jobs. Uh, there's yeah. there's nothing more annoying than here's seeing someone on Twitter complain about this person got hired at this place, and ultimately they're like, and you're like, well, what did they tell you when you applied? And you're like, well, I didn't apply. <laughs> well, then why the fuck are you complaining? That's that's pretty basic. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like, come on. I mean, what the hell's going on here? That's what you, I want to know. You, if if you want something, go for it. The worst they can do is say no. Are you insane? That's the point. We just do now. All I do is do. I ne- I didn't just used to do. Now I just do. Whatever's next. Yo, you want me him? You want to have me on? Great. Uh, can I offer this to you? Sure. Great. Cool. Hey, uh, you want to come on our podcast? Yes. Always say yes. Uh, next thing you know, you're on the Rotowire podcast, or you get to meet other people like that. Because the longer you keep yourself involved, like you don't have to be a legend. You just have to be consistent, dedicated, reasonable too. Be reasonable. Don't be a dick. Uh, you can be kind of a dick, actually. Some people do very well with that kind of shtick if you want to. But in I the heart, you, not doing that. no. Yeah, yeah, at the heart, you got to keep it real. That, uh, that, you know, that's not what we do here. I'll, I'll tell you, no. like, the, the way I got on Sleeper and the Buzz was I went to Paul and Eno when it was Paul and Eno, and I said, hey, you guys, your audio kind of sucks sometimes. Let me produce it for you, and I'll fix the audio problems. And and that's how I, I became the producer. I didn't speak on the podcast. I sat back in behind the quote-unquote glass, and I produced it for him for free, for about a year, and then Eno got hired at the Athletic, and I was the next man up. Like you know, I, I put my. This is one of the things I talk about. I put myself in a position to you know move up within uh, an industry, and so like if if you are finding yourself stagnant, and this works in every industry, like figure out where there is a problem that needs to be fixed, and be the person that fixes the problem. Yeah, I think people get worried they want to they're going to step on toes or they're being too forward and that kind of stuff will just drive you crazy inside. If you want something, this is all life, all things, all things you want to do in your life. If you have a passion within you and an inspiration to really make it happen, get out there and do it. It sounds so simple. Nike just do it ad campaign is like 30 years old, but it worked because it's true. Just do it now it's not a meritocracy necessarily either so don't be prepared to hey i did my time i paid my debt now i deserve to have another opportunity justin has made all of his opportunities he has we had him on the show before go back and listen to the old audio he's always said what he like he says with tout wars and what you do with sleeper in the bus and then you put yourself in position with people who are also talented maybe even more talented than he is you know i'm not i'm not gonna say who is or isn't i don't think that's the case there's but plenty of you, more talented people that are probably more deserving of my profile than me absolutely <laughs> but uh like one of the things i've been very good at is networking and part of you my are. brand is that i help other people and you know what happens when you help other people and you're good to other people they help you and that i mean i wouldn't be where i'm at without paul Sporer, without Laura, the you know uh, dearly departed uh, Laura Michaels, without Howard Bender, without Eno Saris. I mean, there there's a lot of people in the industry that helped me, but I put myself in those positions to get help, and I've helped a lot of people, and you know yeah. those people you know have come back and helped me, and so I, I think it's um, you know as much as you know like the slurpage factor in the industry, I think may be sickening to some people, like 
if you if you know if you want to you know be known as a good person you have to do good things and if you are a good person that does good things often people will treat you that way not everybody there's been people who have been huge dicks to me right um you know i and i've Don't been a that. dick to other people um <gasps> but ultimately you know i try to <laughs> i try to be a good person and um and and hope that that comes back to me and it has excellent sermon justin well said, Justin. Well said, my friend. Shout out to Mike Curlin for being on that show. Mike Curlin's always been good to us. He was the first guest ever on this show. Mike, I think, actually, I know this. Mike prides himself on being, like, the first guy to find people and boost them up. And that's not a bad thing to be, like, good at or want to do. That's a good thing. So thank you, Mike Curlin, for being one of those guys. You know, we were on his network, the Bases Loaded Network, originally. And these things come and go and shifts and waves and and also, we are three white guys, and there's a whole other story here about, you know, opportunities for all kinds of people, inclusivity, which is always a big issue in this community, and it will continue to be, but I'm aware of it, I know Deary's aware of it, and I certainly know Justin's aware of it, so at least with these three white guys, we feel like we're part of the solution, but maybe we're not. I don't know. I don't want to speak for everybody, but I can only speak for me, and I know that, hey, anybody wants to come on the show, whatever your desires, whatever you look like, you're all welcome on the show any Hi. Yeah, and I, I've tried to, you know, I, I, at the beginning of this season, um, I went through, actually made a whole spreadsheet of every single guest I'd had on each one of my three shows over the course of the last six years. And what I noticed was not only was it a lot of the same people coming back and back and back, it was a lot of white dudes coming back and back and back. And so <laughs> I, I went out of my way this year to make sure that there was better representation from women, from people of color, uh, you know, on my shows this year, uh, because I think it's important to kind of, you know, show like how good the, a lot of people are in this industry, women, men, and people of all, you know, races uh, and creeds. Um, and I, I think it's uh, it's been an added benefit to me and my show because I'm getting new good voices uh, on the show, and it's been really, really fantastic. Absolutely. Agree with all that. Well said, Justin Mason. That's it. That's Enrico's Inquisition. Really, we're just kind of following up on the show that he did with Mike and John and carrying that conversation, which will continue to go on and on and on. Right now, there's a chat on or a DM on Twitter where people are talking about the community and things that are cool about it, things that suck about it, things that could be better about it, and then a fantasy baseball comment mixed in here and there. It's uh, always interesting, and Deary, it's pretty wild to think where we are right now, which is not, we're not big time or anything at all, but you know the, the production we have and the live stream and the people we know, like Justin and all the guests it's, we've had it's, on. It's so funny to think about like when we started. I, I, I still remember when uh, Mike was on our first pod, like he was the first guest and I, I wasn't there that night, but I remember you telling me like, Oh, we're going to have a guest. I'm like, we have guests on these things. What, what, <laughs> what is this? I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I wasn't a big fantasy podcast listener. I'd listened to a ton of other podcasts. I'm like, Oh wait, this actually makes a lot of sense. I listened to a ton of other podcasts and they have guests on. I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess we're just doing this. And then <laughs> since January, 2021, we did like 50 episodes. We're doing like four to five a week where we had a new guest on every week. And that's all, 
Mike's accomplishment by reaching out to everybody and getting people involved and having I just put a all the different voices that we had on. But yeah, uh, we had a lot of white dudes on our pod. Well, we did the best we could to mix everybody. We started with Chris Towers on January 7th, and then we went apeshit. You know, we had everybody we could possibly think of that who would agree to come on from Ryan Bloomfield to Sarah Sanchez to Justin to Max Freeze to Shelly Verstrait. We got as many people as we could. Carlos Marcano. And then the season started, and we're like, oh shit, now what do we do? Like, yeah, oh, okay. And they no more with pre- our analysis. No more predictions. <laughs> yeah, no more predictions. And they, we had so many people's input that it fucked up both of our analysis. Like we got it we too many opinions bit, yeah. in our head. It, it was did, like, oh yeah. shit. I'm I got confused. talked. I got talked off a lot of guys that I shouldn't have. I got talked into a lot of guys, which was really great. But we had so many different differing opinions coming on. It was like total like memory overload. It's a good thing in the end because it'll teach us, or at least it taught me. I know I've said this to Deary many times recently that I will stick to my opinion. You know what I, what I found, what I've discovered, what my experiential knowledge tells me. I got to stick to it. Great to have the input from others who know what they're talking about. But in the end, trust my gut. I'd rather go down with my gut than someone else's gut. And that's it. All right, so there it is. Uh, hey, it's Rico Palazzo, Fantasy Baseball Podcast, presented by RotoFanatic.com, RotoFanatic.com, RotoFanatic.com. The weekend has tons of great articles, schedule factors, infirmary report, closing remarks, Mr. Dr. Mike Carter, Davey Funnel, Crosby Spencer. These people are here to help you, okay? They're here to help. All right, let's talk uh, quickly about doppelgangers. So doppelgangers are players with similar profiles with different results. Now, a doppelganger, to me, is always... Someone who looks just like someone else. Out there right now, there's a Justin Mason doppelganger out there. I don't know who he is. Apparently, he's a firefighter in a in a neighboring town because that's <laughs> I, 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 I get mistaken for this guy. I don't know his name, <laughs> but this guy, I, people on the street stop me like, "Hey, how you doing?" And I'm like, "I don't know you." And they're like, "Oh wait, oh you look like my friend who's a firefighter in the, in Petaluma," and and I don't know him. Um, but sounds like a great guy though he he does exist and he's a firefighter he's a first responder he's got to be a good guy right (laughs) of course duh all right so justin why don't you lead us off here uh we obviously gave some uh heads up so that you could do a little bit of homework which is not something (sighs) that's fun as a guest you're supposed to just come on and relax and just go with the flow so i forced you to do a little bit of work and i apologize for that but why don't you give us a doppelganger out there that could help us expose a potentially juicy and useful player yeah so um if you look at uh the stat cast profiles for xander bogarts and willie adamas they're, they're awfully similar uh you know very similar hard hit rates uh very similar uh barrel percentages uh very very similar kind of profile and while Willie Adamas has gotten some pub since moving to Milwaukee uh, in that trade from the Rays, uh, he's been really, really good. And he's becoming more and more Sander Bogarts like, uh, you know, so far uh, in 117 plate appearances, four home runs, a stolen base. He's hitting 280 in Milwaukee. Uh, I think this is a guy that should be more widely owned in the shallower formats. And he's not being beautiful. That's a great comp there. I, <laughs> it's hard to believe that Willie Adamas. I'm just laughing at Daniel's comment yeah. here. Yeah, Daniel says, I missed out on the Firefire version. What the hell? Yeah, you got screwed, Daniel. I'm sorry about that. Sorry, Ben. 
But Willie Adamas was someone, as Tigers fans, me and Deary, I know I was excited about his future potential and profile, and I did expect him to be a power bat as a shortstop, maybe moving to third. The classic progression, like Cal Ripken and A-Rod before him. Not that he's either of those players. But Xander Bogarts is an elite player, and in fact, he's underrated. And I was talking yesterday. In the, he is. We, uh, Dave from Rotosaurus brought it up yesterday in the chat. <laughs> The preseason fear about Xander Bogarts' shoulder. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember a minute there? And mm-hmm. suddenly, <laughs> suddenly people were they were freaking out. Because I remember that Monday night we were talking. It was right after TGFBI got rolling, I believe. And you had like a Monday night kind of live stream bullshit chat. <laughs> and that was when Xander had the shoulder issue. And he was dropping slightly, slightly in the rankings and ADP. And I'm like, this is insane. This is an overreaction. We don't know. And it couldn't, might not be that bad. And it turned out to be nothing. So if people got a break and were able to get Xander at a cheaper rate, that's great. But I always say, don't let those, it's a reminder of the preseason analysis and all that goes into that. Relax, slow your roll. Stick to what you know. Don't panic and don't assume anything until you absolutely know for sure. Absolutely. I I think one of the problems with early spring training news is we're so starved for news um, that as soon as a guy gets hurt, everybody freaks out and we don't wait uh, to like actually get useful information. And and, I mean, he's been amazing this year. He really has. All right, Derek, give us uh, somebody who's a doppelganger of the other person. God, this one was really tough. Um, I also have a doppelganger who was from the neighboring town of Northville that I actually knew in high school. He actually dated (laughs) one of my friends. And back when I had hair back then, this guy looked exactly like me. He was a total fucking douchebag. I didn't really like him. I remember he went to Western Michigan with me and I drove him home one weekend and I like I looked over at him and I go, do you realize that you look exactly like me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been like fearful of this, like ever since I met you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I got got a quick one for you. That's Uh, intense. Zach Wheeler and Herman Marquez have very similar stat casts. The most similar thing is with their swinging strike rate. They're both at 13.2%. Zach Wheeler is having an incredible season. Herman Marquez, not so much, but I think there's something deeper into this. So Zach Zach Wheeler, 2.36 ERA. Herman Marquez just got below four with an ERA. Had another nice start today. I think... Herman Marquez might be a guy that you can buy here in the second half. What's killed Marquez this year is two outings. He gave up eight runs this season. He's got two other outings where he gave up four runs. All his other outings have been really, really good. What's killed him is he's not been able to get out of innings when guys are on base. 69% LOB, so that's left on base percentage. Zach Wheeler's at 81%. I think Zach Wheeler is going to come back to earth a little bit. That ERA is going to rise closer to three, and I think Marquez is going to be pretty serviceable down the stretch here. Three out of his last four starts have been really, really good. I think there's an opportunity where maybe the Rockies move on from him and he heads over to a contender. And if he can just stay away from the walks, I think he has an opportunity to really be helpful down the stretch for a lot of teams. Ooh, that's a great call, man. That makes a lot of sense. Zach Wheeler has been a revelation of sorts. He's taken it to the next level and become one of, I mean, certainly top 10 starting pitcher right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's in an incredible year for a Phillies team that just is not performing that well in a shitty East. Do you think he's borderline top 10 or in your opinion, Justin, you just outside of that only because you don't trust him. I know you're making a face. I'm not sure. Are you farting? Uh, no, I, I'm sorry. My wife just flashed me. Hey, Danielle. Yeah, beautiful. Showing her so, boobies. You've seen that yeah. show before, man. I'm talking about Zach Wheeler. You've never seen this show. You've never seen Zach Wheeler yeah. dominate like he has. 
Yeah, the Wheeler is an interesting guy because, like, I did not – I literally said, like, on podcasts um, and in my analysis coming into the season, like, I have no idea what to make of Zach Wheeler. Like, I just I, <laughs> I just didn't know what – like, he, he gave up the strikeouts last year for more contact, and that worked really well. I didn't know if it was going to work over the course of a full season. Like, it just – none of it made sense. Um, and so I just kind of avoided him uh, and wish I hadn't because he's been absolutely fantastic. I do think he's a top 10 pitcher. I think there's an argument that he could even be a top five pitcher rest of the way. Wow. We all knew it could happen. Just wasn't sure if or when it would happen. That's the big mystery with Zach Wheeler. But good on him. He always had the talent. He was a super, super, super duper prospect all the way. Yeah. Not a mystery. Uh, I'm with uh, – now. I th- some of it matched up – enough of it matched up where I thought it was interesting. Uh, Bo Bichette and Dansby Swanson. Now, Bo has hit the ball harder, so I'll give you that. They don't have the same exit velocity or max EV, really. You know, it's it's quite eight eight miles an hour more for Mr. Bichette than it is Swanson. But they have a lot of similarities with the hard hit rate, the K rate, and the walk rate. So it leads me to believe if the opportunity presented itself for Swanson to put a little more stink on that ball, and, you know, with the launch angle as well, you know, 4.7 for Mr. Bichette. Swanson's been at a 13.5. So that tells me that it's less line drives. And if you look at the line drive profile, I would love to see more of that from Swanson, more flyouts, which is kind of a bummer. But I, they strike out at an equal rate, and they're walking at a similar rate. It's just a matter of the launch angle and the exit velocity. I feel like if there's some slight adjustments there for Swanson, he could be someone who's much more useful. Raise up that OBP, which is still under three, which is fucking nuts. That Dansby Swanson has an OBP under 300. He's not a super-duper walk guy. He never has been. But the fact, you know, a 300 base OBP is still pretty shitty, and he can't even get there still. So I really think that there's some talent. We know he has the super pedigree of being a number one overall pick. If he could just slightly modify some of those mechanics, maybe that's what it is. I think he could really take off and because I see him more of as like a, a line drive hitter like like Boba Sheck can be. And he's not doing that exactly. But if that if he can make that adjustment, then I think all the other profile matches up fairly well. They're both pretty quick. They both have similar size. So I don't know, I think there's something there. Now maybe it's not a perfect doppelganger. And I made up the segment, so I'll take the blame <laughs> if this is totally bogus. Uh Justin, why don't you give us another one? Uh let's see. Oh, I went. I went a little bit different. So I went with John Gant and Justice Sheffield. Um, if you look, <laughs> so John Gant's been pretty, pretty good this year. But, man, you look underneath that hood, and it is a lot like Justice Sheffield, which has not been good. Uh, you know, giving up a lot of hard contact. FIP and XFIP are, like, through the roof. Um, I, I think if you have gotten the goodness out of John Gant, now is the time to jump off board. Uh, and get away from it as quickly as possible because I think he's going to end up a guy who ends up like finishing the season with like a five ERA, and much of it is going to come rest of the way. Wow, John fucking Gant! Now we are hitting on all cylinders. That's the kind of show I wanted to do. You are a genius, sir. That's fucking great, John Gant. So dumb, but he's he a good started, genius, he started genius, today against genius. the Tigers and got the loss. Yeah. He, he can't stay within the strike zone. He has a really, really hard time hitting the zone. Yeah. I thought Justice Sheffield would take it up a notch this year, too. Uh, that was something I really I thought he was undervalued. And some of the 
Again, it was a short sample size last year in 2020, but what I saw from him, I was like, oh, I think there's something going on here. And he also had the pedigree of being an elite prospect, but I haven't quite seen that yet. So I would love to see, in fact, a team that is over 500 by three games now, the Mariners, I would love to see Justice Sheffield be a part of that growth and continuation. Uh, Deary. Oh, by the way, in that game with John Gant, uh, Matt Manning got his first Major League Baseball victory. So, great news for Matt Manning. Did you watch that, Deary? Did you have to catch that game today? No, I was at work. I was listening to it. Did he get to the seventh or no? No, he went to the sixth. He went he six. Five, Did he go five six and two straight? Thirds. Five and, five two, and thirds. two thirds. Okay. And <laughs> fucking one K. One K, yeah, man. Gonna, it's a weird gonna line. That's going to be his issue. That's going to be it's his a, issue, I think. He he stays in the game. He doesn't give up a lot of hard contact, but he's not striking out anybody, and yeah. he got his first win. It's it's very strange. I know. As an outsider, real quick, real quick, Justin, uh, Matt Manning, any interest? Anything you know about him that piques your interest? I mean, the pedigree makes my interest a little piqued. Um, he was a bit underwhelming in his first two starts. Yeah. Uh, like it. <laughs> And, like, the fastball command isn't great. And when you don't have, like, an elite fastball and your fastball command isn't great, uh, that's going to tend to lead to home runs. I think that may be an issue for him. Uh, I, I like the secondary stuff. The secondary stuff's pretty good. And he may be a guy that is uh, maybe they work on a little bit better sequencing um, that does a little bit better. But right now I'm, I'm wishing I hadn't spent so much on him in fab. Oh, yeah. I, I wish you would have hit me up. I would have told you not to do that. Yeah. Because even I, I love him. I'm excited about him, but it's just not, he's not worth Alec Manoa. I don't think it's, I don't opinion. think it's big fantasy relevance. I think yeah. him being like a number three, number four starter for a team that could be up and coming will be exciting for us. But I don't know the, if the fantasy value is going to be there on the level of a Mize and Scoogle. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Or Logan Gilbert. It's not really close right now, to yeah. be honest with you. All right, dear, give us one more. Yeah, I got Tyler Naquin and Jorge Soler. So if you would have told me at the start of the season that Tyler Naquin would be having a much better season than Jorge Soler, I'd tell you to fuck off. (laughs) Tyler Naquin has 46 RBIs. Jorge Soler only has 28. Now, here's what's similar with them. They have the exact same barrel percentage. They have the exact same hard hit rate. What's killing Solaire, I feel like Solaire is just getting to a point where he has to heat up at some point. His launch angle is up. like It's it's up by like 5% right now. But he just keeps hitting these towering fly balls to the outfield. I think what's starting to kill him is, is line drive percentage is down a ton. This guy has superpower and amazing max exit velocity that he can hit line drives out of the park, but it just has not been happening. What's been encouraging the last month is he's actually starting to cut back on the strikeouts and he's starting to walk a lot more. So in the last month, 18 strikeouts, 12 walks. So that's encouraging. I think during these summer months, I got to believe that Jorge Soler is going to heat up. He's got six home runs. Sure, he's not going to be a guy who's going to bat 250, but you can't tell me that the 40-plus home runs a few years ago was just a total fluke. I don't think home runs are a fluke unless you're Brady Anderson back in the early 90s. So I think he's a guy who certainly, in his most down time, will still be able to put up 25 to 30 home runs. So I feel like he's going to start to come around at some point. Naquin's been great. Like He hasn't hit a home run in a long long time but he's been like over 400 in the last couple of weeks so he's really really been good but it's really interesting to see these comps as these guys being doppelgangers in the outfielders for their re- in the outfield for their respective teams but i feel like solaire you could buy real real cheap right now i'm not going to give you the average but i think he's going to start hitting home runs in bunches here 
All right, two quick things there. Last night, Tyler Naquin was one of Govier's guys, had a three-run homer. So he did have a home run last night. That's his 12th of the year. And secondly, Eric Cross, did you hear that? <laughs> Eric Cross has been ready to bail on Jorge Soler in our tag team league. A little secret tip for you there, Justin. Which uh, How are you guys doing, by the way? You and uh, Shelly, right? You guys hanging tough? We're right behind you in the standings in fourth place, uh, and we are uh, we are creeping up. Um, if we can get Jack Flaherty back, that would be really really helpful. We got uh, um, Zach Gallen back uh, and pitched very well in his last start. So if he uh, did eight Ks. Uh, you know, you would think a team with Vlad Guerrero and Cedric Mullins would be in first place, but the pitching <laughs> has been a little bit of a problem uh, in that league for us, especially uh, the saves. So. Uh, I, I, you know, I was telling Shelly the other day, I, I think we got a, still got a really good shot of winning that league. Yeah, Eric thinks we have a good shot too. So it's going to be a hell of a, hell of a second half. It's going to be exciting. It's going to go down the wire. It's a really cool it, league. I'm really glad to be a part of it. I never co managed a team before, and it's an uh, interesting experience to say the it, least. It, it is. Uh, it's, a, it's been a really, really fun league and super competitive. In the last two weeks, we've been as high as first place in the league and as low as 11th place in the last holy week. shit oh wow so that's crazy that, that tells that you just crazy. how much the standings are still moving in especially in a league that competitive wow. and for those of you that don't know we're talking about maddie davis's maddie wood on twitter please follow <laughs> maddie he created this tag team league of some of the people who wanted to be tag teamers it's big money too it was a 500 entry total between yep. split two ways so there's big money at stake and there's a lot of people who know what they're doing in that league and it's a lot of fun, but I don't look at the standings on purpose because I just want to keep grinding. I know what we need, and I know what we need to do, but I, I don't like obsessing over these constant standing shifts because they can drive me nuts. Be like, oh, we got Oh, we lost it. Oh, we, you know, it's just... I. But you should probably check in once a week, but I let Eric do that for us. Oh, I, I check in hourly. I, I've actually... <laughs> I, I literally, right before you asked that question... Hourly? <laughs> I was just checking the standings of that particular league. What do we got? Live update. You guys have lost four points today. We've gained a point and a half. We are <sighs> currently four and a half points behind you in the standings. So we're, we're, we're coming for you. Somebody must have fucked us tonight then. I hope it wasn't Frankie Montas or something. Yeah, we, 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 had, team. we had Dylan Cease who went seven strong and we gave up one run in the win versus Pittsburgh. So Nice. Frankie Montas got torched the other day and really hurt us. That was Yeah, that hurt my team. And I know you like team. Montas. You like I, Montas I love Montas. There, so. I still like him. I think a lot of people are going to drop him after this week. Uh, and I will be I will be picking him up. I, the underlying numbers are much better than, than the surface stats. He uh, and if you, even if you go back and watch that game yesterday, like he, he struggled in the first inning um, and then pitched really, really well before he gave up a three run home run uh, right before he was pulled in the six. So like um, he just has a trouble giving up that one big inning. He really needs to rely more on the splitter. Splitter is such a good pitch and he's just not throwing it nearly enough. Um, I, I trust Oakland to work it out for him. Yeah, I was wondering if maybe the splitter wasn't working because when it's not working, it causes problems for him, which is a typical issue for splitter heavy pitchers. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to name that runner fab bid, but we run a little long, so we'll just kind of we'll just leave that. It's a fun game, but you're not really going to gain a tremendous amount of information from it. We love playing the game. We'll play it another day. Uh, don't worry, Justin. It'll be a, a reason for you to come back. It's a bummer because my first one was going to be a guy that went in the tag team league. Let's do one. Let's let's do one just for Justin. Mentos, the fresh maker. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Name that runner off bid. Special edition, one round only. Justin Mason, give us that player and give us the winning bid so we can guess the runner up bid. 
Uh, Shelly and I won Michael Fulmer, a closer who was dropped in that league for $152. Yeah, I saw that price, actually, now that you say that. That's a hell of a price. So what was that? For someone that who is day? not really set as their closer. They have no idea what they're doing. They're, they're, well, they're, rolling, they're rolling three guys out there. No, he's the closer. He really uh, is right now. Look at then the, Dan, look then Dan Dickerson know, doesn't know what he's talking about because every single time one of those guys comes in at the end of the game, Dickerson talks about, well, they don't really know who the closer is. It's either Fulmer, it's Soto, oh. it's Cisnero. And this is kind of what Hinch, uh, you know, uh, hints at as well. But I actually think that Fulmer is the best option out of those guys. Look, I, I don't hear the broadcast, so that's a fair point. But I'm just looking at the actions. Since he's come off the IL, he's been given the opportunities. Exactly. Even though Soto got that one save, but that seems to be the anomaly. But I mean, Soto came in the sixth inning today. So. Yeah. Good 152? Call, 152? 152, Justin? And, and for context, okay, for context, we bid 152 because there are nine teams within five saves of each other. Wow. That's a lot. That's so tight. It's so intense. Uh, all right, so 152. I'm going to say somebody needs saves, and Michael Fulmer was a hot pickup this week across the leagues. But somebody pay 100 triple digits for Fulmer? Somebody you did. doesn't mean somebody else would. I, I'm really torn here, man. I'll say 112. That's my guess. Deary, what about you? I mean, it's tough because he gave great context into why they bid 152. I'm going to say 88. Hmm. 34. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Which in, in my and when I give you that context of the league, this is why we bid so yeah, much. Exactly. Uh, because everybody else should be everybody in that no joke. I mean, the fourth place team in saves has twenty seven and the fourth to last has twenty-two. Michael Fulmer may turn out to be what wins us of the league if we win it. If he ends up giving us an extra six saves on top of where we would have been in the season. I mean, it's just I, I don't understand why nobody else in the league, especially in that clusterfuck of saves, uh, wasn't bidding more. So well, you better hope he stays in Detroit then. <laughs> you know what's funny about the standings? And I've already brought this up before, so it's kind of not cool. But the fact that <laughs> Maddie created this league. <laughs> Don't do fucking it. dead last. <laughs> oh, it, who's this, it, it's good. Who, who, who's who's his partner? Uh, uh, Matt, Cu- Matt Cufferly. Okay. Yes, thank you. Yeah, they do podcasts together. They, they always, in fact, I thought he would have a massive advantage, Jerry, because him and Cufferly, they've they been co-managing. It. They not only created it, but they've been co-managing teams. He talked yeah. about that when he came on the Plus Pod earlier this year. That they've been yeah. doing it. They have experience co-managing, and they're in last. It's just. It's fucking funny. It is. Is, is. is it more embarrassing that he's last in this league or that if I beat him in the bar fleet this year, he has to get a Justin Mason face tattooed on his ass? Wow. No way. Yes. That's like 24 hours of Waffle House type shit. What if, he, what beat, what if, what if he beats you, Justin? Nothing. <laughs> Low risk. That's it's as, a genius. It, this is the best bet I've ever made. Because he was talking shit last year before the 2020 season and said, oh, there is no way that Justin is going to beat me this year in the Barf League. It was his first year in the Barf League. Uh, And he said, if Justin beats me, I will get the Justin Mason face tattooed on my ass. And (laughs) And then COVID happens. 
and he he approaches me and he's all, "Hey, do you mind if we move this to next season?" Uh, because of you know we're draft we've now drafted you know almost six months in advance of our actual season starting or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean five months in advance of the actual season starting. I was like, "Yeah, dude." This wasn't even really a bet. You just said you would do it, of course, if you want to move it. So he ends up winning the league last season in which he wouldn't have had to get the tattoo. And now we're on a horse race, him and I. Wow. So I I, I can't wait. This I will live stream the tattoo if he if he ends up having to get it. By the Beautiful. way, do you guys know who's uh, number one in the overall earth standings of all those regional leagues? I do not. Is it you? Wow. Glorfing it up. I, uh, I'm i very, it's one of my proudest moments so far. I've definitely been competitive. The Glorf is a new this regional is league. The, this is the first time you've said this. You're very humble well, I, about it, Michael. Well, I just, I've been you in the top. You just cursed yourself. <laughs> maybe I did. Yeah, I don't know. I've been, I've been in the top 10 yeah. uh, a lot of the season, but this is the first time I actually took over first in our league, and apparently... I have the most points, I think, based on these earth standings, if I, if I understand them correctly. But at any rate, I, have, I haven't Great looked because I'm not doing well enough in Barf to care about the overall yet. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's fair. But me and uh, uh, shout out to Lucas, too. <laughs> Lucas Beery, who's a fellow, my fellow Glarfer. We're one and two overall. And uh, we've been represented well, man. We're very excited about that. So uh, John F- John Fish just mentioned in the chat that uh, 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 Maddie's actually pa- partnered with Zach Betancourt, and that that is correct. So, I, oh I'm just, shit! And and Zach, Zach is a very good uh, NFBC player. He's played in Barf as well. Um, so, uh, but yeah, uh, let's give shout out to Zach. Uh, Matt Cooper is a very very good uh, NFBC player as well. But he's he's partnered with Zach. Yeah, thanks for looking out, John. Uh, we don't want to have bogus information out here, so we do appreciate. <laughs> John, I haven't seen you in the chat in a while either, man. Great to see you. So thank you for clarifying that, John Fish. John Fish knows this shit too, so you should follow him on Twitter. He knows everything there is to know about. He's a big time high stakes fantasy player. Trust me, good dude. So yeah, uh, Glarf's representing well. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I, I lucked real quick. I just, you know, drafting Carlos Rodon, Freddie Peralta have been huge booms for me because those guys have been giving a massive return. And the pitching has been everything. And I I even drafted Dylan Bundy, dearie, <laughs> but I've been able to. And never you drafted play him, him like twenty rounds before those other two guys you mentioned. Yes. Too. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, he's still on my team. Technically, I'm not dropping him yet, but he has not actually guy, been in my man. lineup in weeks and weeks and weeks. And and Jesus Lazardo, who's been a total nothing. So. Yeah, sent down. <sighs> we'll see what happens. Long way to go, but. Man, so much we talked about today. Always a pleasure to have Justin Mason aboard. Fantasy baseball. Life, uh, something else. I'm sure we talked about something else besides fantasy baseball. People being afraid of driving. Yes, that's right. Terror on the streets. And as we say (laughs) goodbye to Justin Mason, don't forget, we'll be back Thursday, tomorrow, with another show. Yeah, that'll be our Friday show. It'll be on Thursday with Paul Mamino, P. Mamino Fantasy on Twitter, and Crosby Spencer, at Crosby Spencer, numerical one on Twitter. Follow both those guys. We'll talk Roto-Fanatic stuff. We'll talk fantasy baseball. We'll have a good time. And, of course, the Sunday evening Fab Show, Fab and Streamers, end of week show. We take a look as we head into week 14, fellas. We're flying by. Week 14 will be upon us, which takes us into July and 4th of July weekend after that. Thank you, Danielle, for saying that. Justin, uh, farewell comments are now available to you. Yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, it was a, an absolute blast, as always. Love coming on and 
I'll come back anytime. Follow me, Justin Mason fan or Justin Mason FWFB. Uh, I write at places. I podcast at places. Beautifully, beautifully <laughs> said. <simple>. That's. <laughs> Oh, yes, the friends with fantasy benefits, of course. And no fantasy football for Justin this year. Just nope. sticking to baseball and his family. Uh, all right, so he's C. Deary, 1999. I'm at MJ Govies and Victor IER. And that'll do it. We'll see you guys on the Thursday show. Thanks for your time and energy. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, Surprise is on our side. <laughs> Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.